Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the DeathStoreProds.com movies and television podcast. As always, I'm your host, The Dead Man. Joining today, we have Cora. Yeah, hello. And making his return, Caveman. I live! Man. Live is Look, a the only strong word. The you're the only dead man in the group. Yeah, but you podcast with people like me, so you can't have that much of a life. Actually, I'm engaged to a beautiful woman, getting a job, working with several dozen other groups. I've got a pretty good life. And yet you come back here. <laughs> out of pity. <laughs> I was pity. prepared to agree with cavemen, but that line did sway me a bit. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, caveman's got a life. All right, he did come back here. Yeah, you were yeah. fucking free. <laughs> well, yes, but I just felt bad leaving you guys. I mean, you are my friends. I think. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see after Saturday. Anyway. Uh, yes, we are back. We're doing shit. Hi. Aloha. I am awake. I've been awake since 7 a.m., and yet I still feel like I've been awake for half an hour. <laughs> he was up earlier than me. I overslept. Yeah, and the weird thing—not so much so that I delayed this podcast or anything, but I had crap to do this morning and kind of had to rush it. And weird thing, I got a regular amount of sleep when I woke up at seven. Cool. I had I got like seven and a half hours sleep on that, and I still fell and I still feel like shit. It's just because I've been sleeping in. I've been sleeping in three to four hour blocks. Like that's just kind of the sleep schedule I've gotten used to, and. Yeah, I did. I did that for a while. I did that for a while. Actually, inherently, it's it's not inherently unhealthy as long as you structure the blocks relatively well. But that can be a little difficult. I try. I try. But anyway, we're not here to talk about our sleep schedules. We're here to talk about the things that are keeping us awake: movies and television. Yes, yes, we are. Really? Because I use movies and television to distract me from the things that keep me awake at night. Stuff happened in the last month. Uh, so Okay, well, speaking of something that makes you a distraction, Cora, you've been tweeting and f- Facebooking a lot about Dirk Gently. Oh, Yeah, Lord. yeah, I have. That shit's I still really real good. I really like the show. It is yes, really it fucking is. good. And, you know, I, I actually watched the first couple episodes sort of back-to-back, back, so it wasn't... Based solely on the first episode, which is all that Caveman has seen, and actually he hasn't seen it quite in full. No, I, I saw get... it all the way to the credits. Didn't I? You went to the store midway through. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and for some reason, Audacity's playing with my microphone volume. But, and now I'm worried I'm too loud. Yeah, I was going to say you're no, coming you in real fine. hot. <sighs> It's not Audacity, it's Skype. That's what it is. Okay. Um, Was I ever coming in really quiet? No. Okay, good. Then I shouldn't worry about it. Yeah, based on the first episode, if someone watches only the first episode, oh yeah, I get Dead Man's reaction last time he talked about this. (laughs) It is... The show is very random. 
even when it's making sense, there's still an extremely random quality. Spoilers, it turns out the shark was the cat. Haha. So <laughs> Yeah. The bite I, marks on the ceiling is because the soul is made of lightning. Yes, it is. Uh <laughs> I'm trying to envision what that sounds like with no context. <laughs> like, I it know what sounds it sounds very, like. very, very confusing. That's what it sounds like. And I have context. Yeah. yeah. So, I... The show likes to throw its randomness at the viewer first. And actually, in this instance, it works for me. I was interested enough in the characters, again particularly Bart. Uh, Bart? No, it's... No, it's uh, Bart. Okay. I've made the mistake a couple times of going with something else similar, and I it always throws me off. Yeah, Bart Churlish. Uh, yep. Played by Fiona Duriff, Brad Duriff's daughter. I want, I want to state this about the show. Earlier we were talking about D&D, and I liked it enough that I went out and made a holistic assassin character for a D&D game. <laughs> <laughs> I so. described the scene where she first meets, uh, I forget his name, uh, her... Black kid. C- Assistant. Companion. The guy that looks a lot like Malcolm from Channel Awesome. He does. So, it's weird. It, I don't know. It's partially the voice, partially his facial structure, because his hair's, you know closer cut and everything but and his head's actually a little bit wider but something about his features and mannerisms it just constantly at the back of my head I'm like oh hey malcolm and well now i can't unsee before it before so anybody thanks. starts before anybody starts crying i am black i can tell the minute details and differences between two black people i know he is not malcolm but he looks a lot like malcolm so don't call racist on us Yes, he is. Yeah, I am from New Orleans. I have to be able to distinguish the minute features between black people, or I would insult everybody that lives on my street. I'm Canadian, but I'm not racist, so. <laughs> sure. Also, his name is Ken. Okay, thank you. Yeah, Ken. I described the scene where she first meets Ken as how I envision the meet-cute between... Jimmy and his eventual, the, the eventual love of his life will play out. <laughs> Him being chased de- along a waterfront by a woman with a machete. So would she be there to kill him? Because based on the, because based on what you told me about the women Jimmy are in, Jimmy's into, It seems more likely that she would be there to kill him, not somebody else, and just mistaking him for somebody else. Why did no, you run? Cool. Because you were yelling, you were coming after me with the machete. <laughs> you killed Ray. <laughs> Why didn't you just say you not Doug gently? <laughs> I don't know who that is. And that's all we're going to say from that scene so that you go out and watch it yourself later. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's fun as hell. If you are in the the United States, you can watch the the first episode, and I think most episodes for free on uh, the BBC America site. And if you are in Canada, that's what VPNs are for. 
But yeah, I really like this show. Uh, last week's episode was not the best, in part because Fiona Duraf never shows up. But I really enjoyed this episode. I'm, I'm really enjoying where this show is going. And I, it is the most Douglas Adams thing I have seen since maybe a couple episodes of Doctor Who that sort of tapped into that sensibility. And keep in mind, I never watched the ones that he wrote. So, Which is actually real weird because uh, Max Landis, who developed the show for television and is a executive producer, he said in a panel, it's impossible to adapt Douglas Adams properly. That Even is Douglas true. Adams can't adapt Douglas Adams properly because he's the one who did most of the edits to the Hitchhiker's Guide movie. Seriously, Douglas uh, Adams is the one who did the majority of the changes from the book to the movie. It was just well, like he, the, he's uh, had multiple versions of it, so he would always shift it every time. Uh, like you know, there was the TV show, there was the 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 radio. The, the, the reason I bring game. this up is because I recently like. What watched it and was doing research and found, oh no, Douglas Adams did it, but this other guy is always getting blamed for the changes. Mm. And I just, you know, in his defense. Yeah, we got an AI situation there. But, yeah, I... I really do like this show. And I my understanding is that it strays very much from the source material and the other adaptations of Dirk Gently. But I can't testify to that because while I've heard of Dirk Gently, I had never actually watched or read anything involving him. I can partially testify to that. Yeah. I read uh, a couple of the comics that were, uh, that were Dirk Gently. It was like a spoon too far and something else. And... See, having seen the first episode of Dirk Gently, I can attest that I actually believe the comic was called A Spoon Too Far and Something Else. Like, that was its actual title. Well, I, th- I, think, that, I think that might actually be the title of one of the books, actually, but, like... No, there were only two books, and I don't think either one was called that. Well, technically... Technically two and a half. Okay, yeah, True. But yeah, like with uh with the spoon too far. Yeah, it was just Dirk just fucking walking around having shit happen to him. Like like the story was Dirk arrives in America, accidentally takes the like accidentally picks up the luggage of a traveling pair of married murderers trying to trying to reenact all the greatest murders in American history. Then he stum- You gotta have hobbies. Yeah, then he Keep stumbles the love alive. Then he stumbles onto a plot that t- that involves turning homeless people into Wi-Fi hotspots that's actually draining their soul to resurrect an Egyptian pharaoh and his buddy. I'll buy it. And the CIA is involved. Now that I'll buy this right away. This oddly all sounds in keeping with the TV show. <laughs> oh yeah, like like in terms in terms of like feel, this show is very much what I what I have experienced of Dirk Gently. It's just okay. in the character of Dirk. Mm. Like Dirk in the comic, he is he is incredibly laid back. Doesn't really he doesn't really have like the whole like he, like whenever anything from his ba- like pastures up, he doesn't turn he doesn't like just 
he doesn't turn into like a child like he does when like he does when the fucking military guy shows up and talks to him. He isn't like, oh god, I have no friends. My life is a fucking thing. I'm not a psychic, you fucking weirdo. He just kind of is. <laughs> Sorry, now I'm just remembering. No, I'm not playing this game. I'm not guessing about your stupid drawing of a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> Without even looking at the napkin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the biggest change that the biggest change to this uh show does seem to be Dirk himself. But I I don't re- I don't really mind. Like I'm not a I'm not usually a purist when it comes to adaptation. And if it is still good, I won't really care. And I like, I think, Samuel Barrett as Dirk. Yeah. He's a good, uh, he's really... a good fit. He's a good, like, he's a, I like his place in the show. Yeah, I actually like all of the characters' place in this show. Samuel Barnett, and sorry. It, it really caught me off guard because last episode they killed off a admittedly somewhat minor character but i was really kind of disappointed by that because i like that character oh hell yeah like those two guys are the fuck those two guys are one of my favorite parts of the show and then yeah having him having one of them die was real emotional and at the same time i did chuckle (laughs) it's gonna spoil who died but he died with his eyebrows raised (laughs) <laughs> oh man I know <laughs> God. and he died being one of the fucking best on TV whatever he is not spoil it for everybody else <laughs> like him and the other guy if you've watched the first episode you know who they're talking about and I'm mildly annoyed by that fact yeah, but just him and the other guy were two of the best on TV their jobs I've seen in a good long while. Out there getting shit done in the face of all kinds of bullshit. Keeping that corgi safe. <laughs> okay, I think that's enough about uh, Dirk Gently. <laughs> I highly recommend it. It, If you're not familiar with the works of Douglas Adams, it's still worth checking out. But if you are, I think that it'll kind of needle a very particular element of your fandom that really just... I really am happy with this show. And, in good news, it just got confirmed for a second season. Awesome. <sighs> so yeah, I've partially gotten caught up on lucifer because <laughs> i thought i was only behind by like an episode or two and then i learned i was behind by about four uh, i watched two of those it's so good so i'm still behind yeah it's it's really good the character work lucifer grieving turned out to be such a great element that i didn't quite expect to work so well yeah it totally like it's in some ways, it's predictable. It goes down all the standard paths and avenues, but I don't care because it worked so well. Yeah, it worked for the character. Tom Ellis fucking brought it. I do have to ask because I, I thought it was actually him doing it, but 
it was such a distinct sound that I questioned it and I didn't get a good look at his lips. Was that him doing the American accent in the episode that followed or did they dub him? I'm pretty sure it was him. Okay. That is an impressive one. Yeah, that was the accent he was originally planning on doing for Lucifer. (laughs) But then he came off like too much of a dick. (laughs) So he switched back to British and everyone was like, yeah, that sounds better. Because in his own words, you can be as much of a dick as you want to Americans. As long as you have a British accent, they'll be cool with it. Very true. (laughs) It's why so many of our greatest villains are British. It's because we like I, we inherently trust that goddamn accent. And the thing is, the interactions between him and Detective Espinosa are wonderful in that episode. That fucking improv class. I know. I didn't expect me to be laughing laughing the hardest at Espinosa yeah, making fucking- fun of Lucifer. Fucking detective douche doing his best terrible British accent. But he captured, like, the mannerisms and approach of the character perfectly. Oh, yeah, just fucking... It's like, wait, I'm riding with the dill? Oh, yes. I simply hang out on Earth, drinking, insulting people. You ponce. Hell, even the way he fucking sat and held the steering wheel is Lucifer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm enjoying Lucifer. I'm still behind by a little bit, but... Okay, I'm I'm trying trying to remember. I'm trying to remember. Has the moment with the doctor happened yet? Yes, that happened in the episode about grieving. Okay. That might be my favorite moment in the entire show. I just fucking love that. That was. Oh, that actress is really good. Yeah. And just having the fucking like so far, whenever we've seen the devil face, it's been like either so intensely shattered. You couldn't see that much detail on it or just this weird fucking shaky mess of fucking video glitches because, oh, yeah. But just having having the face like more lit than we've ever seen it, straight on and without any effects over it. Yeah. Just like like half a smile, just like, hey yeah. So I'm the devil. <laughs> yeah. Oh. For a show where I can't really remember uh, more than maybe two or three of the mysteries that have appeared in it. It shouldn't be this good, but it is. Yeah. The only... Because... Like, so far, one of the weaker elements of this season has been the mom. Yeah, they haven't really used her in the episodes that I've seen. They have not. She's just kind of there. And in the episodes that you have yet to see, they've started using her more, but in some of the more... But in... it's It's a very kind of boring direction they're taking with her. Mm. Oh, yeah. a shame. Trisha Helfer's still great, but they're not giving her a whole lot to do. Yeah. 
Anyway. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm kind of working my way through some of the standard stuff relatively quickly. Uh, Adam Ruins Everything has been good. It had an excellent, excellent episode on drugs, which largely didn't tell me too many things I didn't know, but did answer a question of why marijuana was originally made illegal in the United States, and that was interesting. You didn't know it that? was because uh, of racism. Yes, partially. There was actually a there was actually a large number of factors uh, leading to marijuana being made illegal, and I did an entire paper on it, which I have no clue where it went, so I'm not gonna even bother. Yeah, but the primary factor was the fact that. Like, what led it to get public acceptance was largely the use of uh, essentially the negative racial association of marijuana with Mexican immigrants, which fortunately is in no way reflective of our current time. Uh, And now it's cocaine. Also, the fact that the. I always forget the name of the organization in question, but essentially, my understanding is those pretty much the predecessor to the DEA uh, essentially was wanting uh, needed funding so they decided that they needed to find something new that they could essentially form a crusade against and because it was associated with Mexicans marijuana was a good one to go with yeah I just like that bitch like hey angry mob (laughs) yeah Mexicans are smoking reefer, which makes them crave for white blood. <laughs> it gives them the reefer madness. I actually yeah. used to own that DVD. Like, I used to own <laughs> reefer madness. And I, I think I left it at my mom's, because I, like, I loved that movie. It was so dumb. And for anyone yeah. out there who actually gives a shit, we would do that if it hadn't, if we would do that for Let's Watch if it hadn't been done by literally everybody. Yeah. But aside from that, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. came to a good break that is going to pretty much last the entirety of November. It'll be coming back next week. I like the direction they went with Robbie Reyes' character. I do understand the problems that are inherent in it. First of all, the car is no longer a necessity to him based on how they constructed his character here. He could switch over to a bike. They're not going to do that because A, a car is easier for them, and B, they're not that big a dicks, it appears. But he is just straight up a spirit of vengeance. Which... (sighs) But on the other hand, they also established Johnny Blaze as a thing, so... (laughs) <laughs> I'm okay with it. It, it kind of bugged me that, yeah, Robbie Reyes was the first Ghost Rider we were hearing of in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's like, oh, he's the first one. No, apparently he is not. Nope. So I I understand the frustration there, but they've kind of balanced it out by saying, hey, look what else we can do with this. So Yeah, the Ghost Riders have been running around for a while. Robbie is just one of the more public ones. Yeah. Yeah, no one actually pays attention to the one who pisses fire for some reason. Uh, 
Why does it burn when I pee? Anyway. Uh, because you unzipped yeah. your fly. It was really surprising when the fucking ghost rider. And that's did actually not the lyric now that I think about it. It's why does it hurt when I pee? My balls feel like a pair of maracas. That's how the line goes. Uh, it was actually really interesting when they just like had that ghost rider show up and they stopped the scene for like 30 seconds. You just scream. It's scraping at the door. <laughs> I actually like that movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well maybe Wes Bentley will show up I actually wouldn't mind that because I think agents would use him better but <laughs> it's like halfway through that sentence I'm like actually I wouldn't mind seeing Wes Bentley on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. do this uh, but uh, that yeah. is the wrong guy. Uh, that, that guy's from the first one not the second one alright oh, okay I forgot which one that line was from so yeah, that's from the second one because in the second one they let Nick Cage go. Yeah, I don't. I haven't seen either one. I'm familiar with both of them, but I don't know which one I would prefer. I watched both of them in theaters because I'm an idiot. <laughs> Congratulations! And I prefer the second one. And. Yeah, moving through the stuff that we've been watching regularly. Uh, Star Wars Rebels has had two episodes since the one that I really did not fucking like. Uh, I do hope you'll yes, be sharing it, like, them with me when you come over. I haven't been able yeah, to the, uh, because he hasn't been. We haven't been watching them. <laughs> yeah, well. You couldn't meet up last weekend and the weekend before we were. Uh, had someone else there, and it felt weird to try and yeah, uh, watch them I, with I someone who it. wasn't just... keeping up with the show. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I hated, what was it, the final battle? That was a... Like, it's not a terrible episode, actually. It's mediocre. i am mostly written my review for it, just haven't submitted it. But, yeah, I I was taking an interesting idea and turning it to garbage. (laughs) Awful characterization. Like, you have three different Stormtrooper characters that are all voiced by the same uh, person, and you chose the worst one to have PTSD. The one that (laughs) makes no sense! And you act like, hey, remember how this has been a thing with his character for a while now? No, no, I fucking don't. Because you didn't ever do that. But yeah, since then we've had the Mandalorian Not Cora, episode. Don't you know, Cora, don't you know? Being being totally balanced in all aspects of your life is just a symptom of PTSD. <sighs> Never behaving anomalously <laughs> I, I at all that- is a symptom of PTSD. I actually say this in the review. The only character I can think of that it would make less sense to do this with would be Yoda. (laughs) I'm like, I'm trying to think of what characters would it make less sense to have PTSD. It's like, well, we haven't seen Obi-Wan. So if he showed up and had signs of PTSD, I could kind of accept that. Think about what happened in episode three, you know? Okay. Coping with that. 
but we've had wrecks around for a while and have never seen signs of it. So it's like, I'm hard-pressed to think of a character that this would feel Wait, no, there is one that they with. could give PTSD. The one I that know. acts crazy. There is one that actively the acts other insane. Two. I was... There's one that acts insane and another who actually did express signs of PTSD and his inability to cope with the situation he was in. Aren't they both dead? They went with Rex. So, yeah, they've had two episodes since then. Both are solid. Neither one's great or anything. But Actually, Cora, there is a character who would make less sense to have PTSD about the Clone Wars. Chopper? Ezra. (laughs) <laughs> just Ezra all of a sudden Actually, starts no, flashing back parents... to fucking Droidica's going Roger Roger well didn't his parents yeah, go PTSD. missing during the Clone Wars like at the beginning of the no Clone Wars? that was no. after the Clone Wars because he was born at the onset of the Empire actually no but, Ezra Ezra is intensely connected to the Force so he could ex- arguably experience PTSD through the uh, th- through those around him that experienced the Clone Wars, but either way, is the space whales? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been a little hard on the space whales episode. I preferred it over that one <laughs> by far. Like I'm like that. No, I like the space whales. It's a silly episode. episode. Yeah, it's like a, I'd give it maybe a seven out of ten. Solid episode, not exceptional. But Ezra's flying decent. through Ezra's flying through space one day, then all of a sudden just starts screaming for no reason. It's like, oh, I'm connected <laughs> to the space whales. That one has severe PTSD after what happened in the Clone Wars. <laughs> a group of stormtroopers boarded its mom and uh, harvested her for parts. They needed her space whale oil for their ship lanterns. <laughs> The gasteroid that this guy lived in got fucking blowed up. It killed his, it killed his space Korra? whale wife and child. Stop it. What else have you watched, Cora? I watched the new episode of Steven Universe, which was okay. Yeah. It was decent. Uh, I think people, like fans, got their hopes up a bit too much over this episode. And in truth, I did as well, but less so. But I had heard rumors of, oh, there'll be a new fusion and stuff like that. No, it's a Thanksgiving episode, pretty much. Yeah, but like with a title like Gem Harvest, you don't think a literal harvest. Yeah. Well, we should have guessed the promotional images involved corn. But it could have been fucking, oh, hey, look, this cop of corn's a new gem mutant. I don't know. See, now I'm imagining and the gems interacting with the Amish. The <laughs> thing is, they introduce a new character that I don't really like that much. But I will acknowledge his role in this episode might be thematically relevant, given the, I like, okay, the subject of a family coming together and having to deal with a family members whose views clearly don't align with your own and the awkwardness of that and trying to find common ground. I don't see how Topical. that could be all that relevant. Hello, but... Trump voters. <laughs> oh. oh, by the way, I don't actually blame the Trump fun. voters. I blame the people who didn't vote. That's who I blame. Fuck you guys. But, 
But yeah, I... It was an okay episode. It's not bad or anything, but it's... The season has been just kind of okay so far. And... The only real standout episode was... Uh, was it called Here Comes the Thought, or was that just the song? I think it was just the song. My, no, Mindful Business. Uh, business, I believe. Looking it up. I think that's... Yeah, I'm pretty certain that's right. Um, but, like, that was the standout episode of the season so far. All of the others have been decent. Mindful Education. Education. Okay. I don't know why I went with business instead of education. Uh, business Tiger? I don't know. It's business. But yeah, it's... It's business time. It's solid enough. I'm hoping that we get a little bit more with the next episode, which will be not this week, but next. It's... Fine. I mean, it's nice to see the characters again, but yeah, that that new character really did not work for me that well. Didn't bring yeah. a whole lot. Like, he's... Not really. Confirm that, oh, hey, your name wasn't originally Universe. Well, that's almost disappointing, actually. Yeah, it's like, oh, Wait, hey, guess what? You mean Greg's Universe family's... isn't a last name? I think that might have actually been a Steven line. I'm pretty certain that was a Steven line. And I, I will acknowledge the fact that Stephen thought that the standard normal last name that his family originally had was much cooler than Universe. That kind of made me chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Bit weird, but moving on from the stuff that I've been watching just regularly. I guess we should go with the movie first. I saw Doctor Strange. Woo! Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> we went to go see it on my birthday, and I was not displeased. Oh, you mean on Mahogany Birthmas? <laughs> oh, that. I, tried I did to, not. I don't know. I don't know how my phone corrected M A H to Mahogany. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't I know did, how it did that. I didn't fully understand what that meant until Birdie said it was your birthday. I don't say I like, birthday, I say birthmas because it makes me laugh inside, so just so the audience knows. That's like, what the fuck is a mahogany birthmas? Is that like a New Orleans thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a caveman thing. It's a caveman have, like a, Is it like is it like Marty Graba for mahogany? <laughs> We don't have that much mahogany down here. Like, do you like cedar, I can see me. it. Like cedar. Do you like, okay, yeah. Do, do you like Stop they like it. have parades where people have like mahogany beads they throw at girls to get their tits out? Stop it, you guys are killing me. Like like just a bunch of people parading down the streets with like fucking end tables and ottomans made out of mahogany. <laughs> I've ever actually seen someone flash a float in order to get beads, but I, I don't know. I don't. I, I have been flashed 
by a woman for beads while I was walking down the street and she was riding in a horse drawn carriage. <laughs> okay. I, God's honest truth. Mahogany? <laughs> Maybe, actually. I don't know. It was a very nice looking I don't know. carriage. I, first of all, from the sounds of it, I'm guessing you were somewhere near the French Quarter at the time. Yeah. Yeah, because not too many horse-drawn carriages elsewhere. Uh, but, no, no, there are horses. I have been walking down St. Rock and been like, oh, look, a horse. But just, like, randomly being walked by its owners down a fucking city street. But... Dragging the horse took out some mahogany. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, um, we went to see Doctor Strange for my birth miss. And Don't it worry, was... it's much weirder than the conversation we just had. <laughs> and it's possibly the best Marvel standalone movie. No, we agreed that that wasn't nece- actually the case because Guardians of the I Galaxy. S- I said possibly. It might. I might. I'll have to rewatch oh. it to be able to judge it compared to Guardians because I own Guardians now. on DVD, so I've seen it more. Yeah. Now, yeah. last and joke. We discounted. No. We yeah. discounted the two uh, Captain America sequels because obviously Civil War is more tie-in movie. It doesn't stand alone, and really, uh, the Winter Soldier doesn't either. And this is the final thing. What would have pushed it over? A nice mahogany desk. And that is the end of the mahogany jokes. I did not... I'll acknowledge I did not anticipate the cloak of levitation being made of mahogany, but it was an interesting move. Help help give the cloak a bit more class. (laughs) Yeah, well, the real issue was that every single door they went through was a mahogany door. Yeah, like... Okay, we are actually done. Mahogany is... Mahogany is a fucking... High quality wood. You don't use that shit for doors unless that is a fancy ass door. Well, we are we are done, but Mahogany <laughs> Cumberbatch. Yeah. Now that damn it yeah. <laughs> uh, was actually really good in the role. And here's the thing: that accent <laughs> is sort of an American accent in a sense. Sounds like a mahogany desk trying to read the and script. Actually, it was a very... I, he, I, he sounded believable to me. Like, he sounded like he, he could have he, been American. He uh, did not to me in the slightest, but I got used to it very quickly. And setting... like You watch a s- single clip from the movie, you might think, oh, that's that's an accent. But as you're actually watching the film, that... Will be gone from your mind after the first scene, probably. Maybe I've just been conditioned by, like, years and years of shitty accents, but any trailer I've seen, I thought the accent was fine. I took issue with, and to be fair, your mileage may vary. I know Doug Walker really was like, yeah, no, that that's a bizarre accent, but I, but he also doesn't like Gregory House, uh, the accent used with Gregory House, and I had no problems with that. But for me, I did find it weird and a bit strange. But I'm Tish. <laughs> Didn't intend that. But but he worked so well in the role that I did not care. He has great comedic timing. 
works very well off of all of the characters, including the Cloak of Levitation. Best sidekick ever. For the record, is the... Yes. And he really helps ground the bizarreness of a lot of the scenes. Because, as I said when we first left the theater, well, I really enjoyed the last 20 minutes of 2001 A Space Odyssey, the superhero movie. Wait, just hold up. So, when you say he grounds it, do you mean Strange or the Cloak? Strange. Because if it was the Cloak, that would be ironic. My, You know, yeah. I... I have to say one line that's from the movie that's very early on, and it is my absolute favorite line in the movie. What is this, my mantra? No, it's the internet password. We're not savages. <laughs> oh, yeah, the trailer line. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a good line. It's such a good line. <laughs> I, and there were a lot of great lines. I liked the interaction between him and the villain, whose name I still do not remember. Casilios? I think it was Casilios. Hey, sure. It's Mads um, Mikkelsen? Yeah. And, like, don't get me wrong, the villain's fine. He actually is one of the better Marvel villains. And you can argue, oh, that's not a big deal. But he works in the role that he's supposed to serve. But the role that he's supposed to serve is kind of limited. So. Casilius? Yeah. Kali Kalingus? Yeah, Kale- Dormammu. But yeah. He <laughs> but no, he has if you some don't know Dormammu is the primary villain of a Doctor Strange movie, you've never read Doctor Strange and you need to go read an issue or two. I here's the question, Gaiman. Did you realize Just... who was voicing Dormammu? No. Who was voicing Dormammu? Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> oh my god, so he was arguing with himself. <laughs> okay, well, so look at this. Apparently, uh, Cumberbatch only did the mocap. I could have sworn he did the... Vo- According to Wikipedia... I- Dormammu appears in the 2016 film Doctor Strange voiced by an as yet unidentified British actor who was uncredited for the role while while Benadryl's Bendersnatch fucking does the mocap uh, I had previously read that he did the voice work for it but so maybe Wikipedia I was, might maybe not I was be incorrect uh, or it might be that someone went in and changed it because they don't believe it was Benedict Cumberbatch's voice or any number of other things I will fact check with a few other sources while you guys continue. But yeah, I have I... to say, my absolute favorite point in the movie is his final plan. I'm not going to spoil it, but trust me, you're going to love what he ultimately decides to do. Because it is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> okay. Oh, his voice was blended with another actor. Okay. Okay. Yeah. IMDb lists lists Benedict Cumberbatch as doing the facial mocap for Dormammu. Okay. Yeah, it was it was a combination of more than one voice apparently. But yeah, no. Like all of That's a good way to give it It's a, hard for me to pinpoint one. Yeah. It's hard for me to pinpoint like a 
scene or anything like that that did not work. The closest I can think of, and I've heard other people mention that, yeah, the car crash goes too far. It is kind of, it. So there was a Fast and Furious cameo. Let's put it like that. <laughs> That's the best way I can describe the car crash scene. What, just before the car crash, does Paul Walker show up to like tearfully wave goodbye before taking the fucking freeway exit? Like, it's... Does yeah, that Wiz Khalifa song... It, I thought, does you that know, Wiz, if this... Does that Wiz Khalifa song play as fucking Doctor Strange is drowning in the car? He doesn't drown in the car. He's above the water. But, yeah, the the thing is, when I was watching it, I was drawn out of the movie by how ridiculous the scene was in terms of the car just flipping all over the place. But it did occur to me, if this was cut down just a little bit, it would fall on the side of brutal but believable. And they just miss that by a few too many seconds of watching the car fly around. Like a couple cuts here and there, I feel could have made it work far better. Yeah, but as we all know, movie cars are made out of pinball bumpers. That thing went flying like it was a lawn dart. It, I, yeah, Though I do like the image where his hands just go smashing into the console of the car. Like, that moment is like, that, that <laughs> Yeah. That is not a pleasant image. Far from it. Far, far from it. But yeah, all of the mystic imagery works exceptionally well. And... I, I do just highly recommend this. I think that even if you're not into, like, if you're not heavily immersed in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that's fine. There aren't that many nods to it. There's an after credits scene, which is fucking brilliant, and even if you don't know the MCU, you'll know who that character is. And They've got someone mentioned throughout. They've yeah, got but it's never... Like- It's never heavy. Like, you you compare this to Ant-Man, this is far, far more subtle in terms of its connections. Okay, well, Ant-Man was one of the more... Ant-Man was one of the few movies that actually does feature full-on, real, tangible connections to the other movies. Yeah. But it's also one of the more recent standalones. Yeah. And you can say well, Guardians of the Galaxy, but that's a movie that actually doesn't even take place on Earth. So, now, like, if they decided to try and have cameos from the Avengers, depending on who you went with, that would be really fucking weird. Like, the only one that would even begin to slightly make sense is Thor, and even then, I wouldn't really buy it. I could see Thor drinking with with um the one who doesn't get uh Drax. Got, 
No, the one that the shit goes over his head. Drax. Yeah, Drax. Yeah. I thought you said drinks the first time. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's I getting drinks with drinks. Yeah. I could see him getting drinks with Drax. <laughs> or fuck it, just have like but, one of the fucking Warriors 3, have that fucking fat guy be in the background. Just fuck it. Yeah. But in a sense, actually, the connect. Now that I think about it, the connections to the Marvel Cinematic Universe might actually be less than even that because you had Thanos and the Collector in that movie. So. Also, the origin story of the Infinity Stones. And Howard yeah. the Duck. Yeah, you can't yeah. forget Howard the Duck. But yeah, they had. An Seth Green's best the voice performance in years. They had some references to the Avengers, but by and large, outside of just saying, hey, th- it's this world, they didn't really bend over backwards to incorporate connections. Oh, also, and, in the Collector's thing, there was a Dark Elf from Thor Dark World. Ah, okay. Didn't remember that. No one does. And what, that I didn't remember that. I did not world. remember that movie. And statement remains. Yeah. Like straight up while we were in the theater, I was comparing this to the various standalone movies and I brought up, uh, I called it Thor to uh, electric boogaloo. And I'm like, why did I do that? That is the most stereotypical joke. It's like, you know what I mean? Thor, and I just was like, Birdie, what was the subtitle to that movie? <laughs> <laughs> He's like the Dark World. I'm like, thank you. So get high for <laughs> Thor Ragnarok coming in 2017. Oh, I am. It's going to have Mark Ruffalo in it. <laughs> so like, I'm, I can expect, with sequels, I expect the connections. You want it to build into the universe more at that point. Yeah. When it stands separately, it feels awkward and doesn't really work. If you look at the best sequels, they're the ones that connect strongly with the world around them. In other words, Winter Soldier, Civil War, and there you go. Yeah. But <laughs> So I, I, I do expect... Fuck Iron Man 3 This one might work better because it draw What? Fuck Iron Man 3 was bad. I consider it... As a fan of all iffy. three movies and owning all three movies, Iron Man 3 was the worst. I... am torn on that statement because I remember Iron Man 3. So it's got that going for it. Oh, and I remember some good things from Iron Man 3, as opposed to Iron Man 2, which... Sam Rockwell was Had a villain. It. Here's the thing. I forgot Sam Rockwell until they had the short film tie-in for Iron Man 3. <laughs> I remember him from the tie-in for Iron Man 3. I don't remember him from Iron Man 2. He walked out on stage and danced a bit. He, Wait, he Iron, Iron Man 2, Man 2 made he got, me forget Sam Rockwell. He got Mickey Rourke his bird. 
Mickey Rourke was a thing in that movie. He was the main bad guy. No. I forgot Mickey Rourke was in that movie. Yeah, he plays Ivan Vanko, Whiplash. No, the villain for that was like a weird elf guy that didn't speak English, right? No, that's Dark World. Yeah, that's Thor Dark World. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm aware I'm mixing the movies, but it needed to be said because both are obnoxiously forgettable. But yeah, Uh, Ivan Vanko got beaten by fucking Happy Hogan or whatever the the fuck that guy's name is. The director. Wait. What? Yeah, yeah, when when fucking Mickey Rourke first shows up with his fucking magic whips, he gets beaten by John Favreau driving a fucking Escalade. I did not remember that in the slightest. Yeah, yeah, Tony Stark's out in the fucking Italian racetrack. Like I remember Happy Hogan from the first movie. I remember Happy Hogan from the third movie. I don't I didn't know he was in Iron Man 2? Okay, none I, of us watched Iron Man 2 recently, so let's move on. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, yeah, I'm the last two things this. I have to talk about are series that I started watching or re-watching. I watch Stranger Things. Yay. I actually finally awesome. sat down and watched the first episode of that. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It is awesome. It is fantastic. And I just have to say, I've sat at that fucking D&D game before. <laughs> I will tell Dead Man the story later. I'm not going to waste our time here. It's for a different show. Yeah. I I really enjoy it. it. There's not much I have to say about it that hasn't really already been said, but... Really, if you're worried that, oh, it's just going to be playing on 80s nostalgia, it's not. It has cert- it certainly plays to that, but it stands separately from it. I have no nostalgia for the 80s. The 80s... To quote Mystery Science Theater, You and your precious 80s. It would have stayed the 70s if it wasn't for you. <laughs> That's kind of my outlook on the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, and I still adore this show. It is very good. And legitimately creepy. It has some very good creepy moments to it. So I definitely highly recommend that. And then finally, the last thing that I've been watching and the one that I run the highest risk of rambling about so i started watching the wire again because again trying to distract myself and remind myself not to have faith in humanity and a great show for that is the wire uh and with that i'll be right back <laughs> i i it's interesting. I watched the first half of season one so far. I'm gonna. I'm planning on continuing to watch it again. And I was about five episodes in before I thought to myself, "Oh right, that's Michael B. Jordan." Because I went through half the like almost half the season without thinking, "All oh, right, that really prominent actor who was in Creed and who was in." All of these significant movies, Fruitvale Station, Chronicle, right, 
that's him. Because, yeah, the casting in the show is spectacular. For a show that really uses a lot of amateur actors and... Uh, like, a lot of these people were local. There, there are exceptions. You have people like... Uh, Wendell Pierce, who of course is from New Orleans, uh, you have uh, like a lot of the primary actors are people of note. But when you look at all of the people who play comparatively minor roles, they tried to get as many people from Baltimore and from the regions they were representing as possible. And I really appreciate appreciate how raw this show is. And one of the things that got me watching again, aside from the fact that I need to remind myself that humans can be very good, but never expect it from them is the fact that you have to be reminded that I, of that is adorable. It's something that I know, but I found myself putting too much faith in humanity. And I wanted to hammer that back in that humans are generally self-serving. And speaking there are of certainly self-serving, exceptions. Speaking of self-serving, uh, be sure to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash ddprods. <laughs> but yeah, and I, I should reiterate this because I said this while Dead Man was away. I was, I was about halfway through the season, the first season before I remembered. Oh, right. Yeah, that 14-year-old kid. The... The one that plays uh, a drug dealer? Yeah, that's Michael B. Jordan. (laughs) I'm just like, that's right. It's like if I didn't fucking recognize Idris Elba there. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I knew it was him. It just hadn't ever entered my mind while I was watching it. Because he's excellent in the role. And just plays so naturally that I didn't stop and think, right. That's Adonis Creed. <laughs> but that's the I, I worst really, Johnny Blaze. No, Johnny Storm. Not Johnny Blaze, Johnny Storm. By all accounts, he's technically not the worst. He's just written the worst. Like, I, by all accounts I've heard, it's like, no, we think he would probably be great in this if it wasn't just terribly written. Oh yeah, like like if he yeah. was if he was written competently and directed by not a jackass. Well, so if he wasn't in a in a Fantastic Four movie, we're not going to get the into Fantastic the production questions of Fantastic Four, but uh, but yeah, just looking at the cast from this, like. I, I know one of the recurring things in a lot of my reviews is like, ooh, this person was in The Wire. But <laughs> looking back on it, like, Dead Man has seen, like, at least, I would think, ten actors from the first season alone. It's like, okay, well, you definitely saw Clark Peters on per, uh, Person of Interest, where he played the head of HR. You saw, uh, what is it, John D- uh, Doman, both on there and on uh, Gotham, where he played Falcone. I'm pulling up a cast list. You saw, 
I don't think her name's Sonia Sohn anymore, but I don't know what it is now. Sonia Sohn is the a lead detective person on, uh, like the the superior on Luke Cage. The actor that plays the lawyer Levy, he was in Luke Cage as the doctor. Uh, the head of deputy ops Burrell is played by F- Frankie Faison, who is also on. Uh, Luke Cage as uh, Pop, and who am I forgetting? There's someone else that connected with Luke Cage, and I'm just not thinking of it. Mm. Frankie Faison was also in the Stephen King film Maximum Overdrive. Of course he was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, oh, of course, Method Man. I'm an idiot. But he actually, he doesn't appear until season two, I don't think. But, yeah, like, and of course Idris Elba, uh, I know you saw uh, Dominic West in 300. Dude, with the size of the fucking cast, I've probably seen literally everybody who's ever been in The Wire. Yes, and the thing (laughs) is, most of them were pretty much no-name actors. Yeah. That's the thing. They all kind of started with The Wire. And I... It's such an incredible melting pot of acting. I will admit, I've been watching it while playing Skyrim, which is not... If you're watching it for the first time, it's not the ideal way to experience it. (laughs) Because I've seen the first season like three times, and I'm still getting lost because I'm busy playing Skyrim. I'm like... Wait, what? Oh, right, no, he said this in the previous... Okay, that... Okay, I guess I know where they're going with this. Oh, actually, so... Weird thing. Just looks up. Uh, So, Ellis Carver in The Wire, I just saw last night in Teen Wolf. (laughs) Uh, He plays a veterinarian and a druid. I'm assuming that's on Teen Wolf. No, Ellis Carver is a veterinarian and druid. I thought you were, I thought you know this show, Cora. I thought you knew this show, Cora. <laughs> Season five was a little weird. Yeah, the up the violence and then just everything. Fucking McNulty came out as a fucking werewolf. It was weird. No, no, he uh, made up a serial killer. But wait for real. Wait. Yeah, it makes more sense in context, but like by the show's standards, it's somewhat unrealistic. But what he does is he, whenever he encounters a body, you know, he's back working homicide at that point. If he encounters a body in the projects of a homeless person or something that is recently deceased, he'll tie a ribbon onto their uh, arm and then strangle the corpse in order to cause post-mortem bruising, which can't be really distinguished from pre-mortem bruising if you do it early enough. And starts trying to create an imaginary serial killer in order to boost, so that they'll provide him funding, which he can then distribute throughout the department. Because they've cut down on overtime, so no one can everyone's limited on their ability to actually work their cases because without payment, it's kind of difficult. Don't make fun so of that guy. So he's using the resources dresser. that they're he distributing. Makes, 
He makes more money off of making those dollhouse toys than we make in a year. <laughs> I know that's You're not man. exactly the line, but yes, I have been enough. walking the wire recently too. <laughs> that comes right before one of my favorite scenes, which has really only one line and just and small variations of it. Which is the famous... Like, if you have not watched The Wire, it's okay. This isn't a spoiler or anything. Go to YouTube and type in The Wire Fuck Scene. And you will find it. It might potentially offer you a few of the sex scenes from the show, but the one that where they're actually investing a cr- investigating a crime scene is the one you're looking for. And... It is brilliantly done. Because... It's a scene where they're investigating a crime scene, and all they ever say is variations of the word fuck. And through the structure of the episode and the structure of the scene itself, you follow their line of logic without them ever explaining it to you. Like, just them walking around, fucking fuck, motherfucker. (laughs) It's just like, I know exactly what's going on, even though they've decided not to spell out a single element of it. <laughs> but yeah, Clark Peters makes doll f- uh, house furniture. <laughs> <laughs> it is hilarious. It's like, um, <laughs> and McNulty's talking with Bunk. It's like, do you know, uh, Oh crap! What is that character's name? I am blanking out. But he's like, you you know him? He's like, yeah. Well, he showed something yesterday. I thought they. I thought you said they gave you uh, your unit nothing but humps. He looks like a hump. He acts like a hump. Sitting in the corner all day making his dollhouse furniture. Fuck Jimmy. He makes more off of that shit than you do with your whole job. But yeah, I. I absolutely fucking adore this show. <laughs> it's nice to revisit it. And also, I've been revisiting the funnier Die thing that I know I've mentioned before, which is The Wire, the musical. <laughs> Watch as we condense five seasons of the most densest show on television into 90 minutes. <laughs> Chess is a metaphor for drug deals Avon is the king and we're the pawns But the game don't change and the king remains the king While you and me will soon be dead and gone Fucking love that <laughs> but yeah. I'm watching the fuck scene <laughs> <laughs> Well we shouldn't talk over it, he won't be able to hear the dialogue it's too late Cora he's already missed so many key lines but yeah I I the re- one of the reasons I went back and actually started watching this again, aside from that, was because I watched a bit of an episode of Law and Order this weekend, Special Victims Unit, and I'm looking at it, I'm like, you know, this is arguably one of the most realistic crime dramas on 
television, at least network television at the moment. Not saying much. But, yeah, it everything from the lighting, the like, just the way they frame scenes. It's like, this is... It feels manipulative in a way that I feel The Wire wasn't. It was very raw. There was no soundtrack. Whatever soundtrack you ever hear is coming from some source on that is clearly identifiable. The only exceptions are at the end of each season when they uh, would sometimes have a montage of some sort. So the but, thing that stands out the most to me about this scene <laughs> is how cavalier these two are with pointing their loaded guns at their chests. <laughs> I'm not certain. I'm not, I'm, I, don't, first, I don't understand the issue there. Uh, being an American... I, d- I don't understand the issue with just waving a loaded gun I'm around. I'm going like to assume there was... I'm going to assume that McNulty was smart enough not to have one in the chamber while doing that. But given the fact that episode two involves someone shooting the wall of the uh, of their new office, I could be mistaken. Which, for the record, is another of my favorite scenes because it involves the line, What happened? I was showing Carver my trigger pull, how I got it really light. And they turned to Greg's, and she's just sit- sitting in the corner calmly reading the newspaper. What happened? Officer Presbulewski uh, shot the wall, Lieutenant. McNulty looks at him. Why? Why did you shoot the wall, Officer Presbulewski? <laughs> I-, I was showing Carver how I got the trigger pull on my pistol really light. And Carver goes, he took the clip out, sir. And then uh, Kima, Detective Greggs, just looks up from her paper. But not the one in the chamber. <laughs> and it's like, ah, I forgot the one in the chamber. I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> it's like, do you, want, do you want him to write on it? Write on it? Yeah, you fired one off. You have to sign out a paper justifying your use of deadly force. Against a plaster wall. <laughs> and. <laughs> yeah, Presbulewski's a fuck up. I think uh, that might be enough about The Wire. Fair enough. Told you I'd be likely to ramble. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. He did warn us. Yeah. But I so. love The Wire too, so I'd let you do it. I have never seen The Wire. What? Oh, you need to see The Wire. You know that, that now. You've watched right behind me. Dude, I've known I've needed to see The Wire since I've heard that there was a show called The Wire. It's just I'm busy. Uh, how did I forget Michael Kenneth? Anyway, never mind. Uh, I have a lot of nothing I need to do. And very little time in which to do it. Yeah, Yomushi Pedal isn't going to watch itself. Yeah, I'm wondering how I forgot to point out that Deadman has definitely seen Michael Kenneth Williams in something. But anyway, moving on. But I I, I said it earlier, if somebody's been on The Wire, I've seen them in something else. Yeah, fair enough. So anything else? Nope, that's all for me. All right, then. Caveman, what you got? 
Well, uh, let's start with the movies that are currently in theaters. Uh, I went to see Trolls. That's exactly the reaction I expected. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I already know what you have to say on it, so I wasn't going to jump in and be like, ugh, or anything like that. (laughs) Okay, so the ads have not really, did not really manage to sell me on it. Uh, none of the, uh, none of the trailers, none of the advertisements. No, what sold me on it was the number of times I'd seen a commercial for Target with the Trolls dolls. That's what made me decide, (laughs) you know what, I'm gonna go see this movie. Because it was obvious to me from the amount of toy advertising that they at the very least thought they had something that would be appealing to children. So I decided, okay, we're gonna go see this. And my fiance is like, yeah, we're going to go see Trolls. It's going to be fun. And I'm like, okay, I'm reserving the right to hate this thing. But you can be happy about this all you want. I walked out of that movie happy. Why why, why was she happy going into it? Has she not seen a movie this year? Or in the past 10 years? And liked the trailers. She thought, like, I thought the trailers were par for the course. She thought they were good. She thought there was enough happiness, good energy, positivity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to make a decent film, especially for a children's <laughs> film. Oh, honey. Well, I'll acknowledge I didn't find the trailers to be terrible. They were a little abrasive, but they did get chuckles out of me at points. And to be fair, usually whenever I saw a trailer for Trolls, I was likely to see a trailer for Sing. And... I'm only going to remember hatred for one of those, and I can tell you which one it was likely to gravitate towards. <laughs> so, Cora doesn't like troll dolls. They remind him too yeah. much of high school. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, but, I, I don't know. But They were a big thing at one of the high schools I went to. Okay. Okay, I... I for some reason, I... Th- for some reason, my head gravitated toward, did Cora have a belly button piercing in high school? What? That would be an, because of the gym in the belly. Uh, in the belly. Ah, okay. It took what? me a second as well, but... <laughs> That's still a the weird one, The only thing I think I think of was that Cora what fucking went to school all the time naked with fucking three-foot-tall hair. <laughs> I... Could pull that off, I suppose, but I would need, like, a lot of gel. And to be fair, my hair wasn't that long in high school. Nah, it was, like, two feet long in high school. No, it wasn't. I couldn't tie it back. Oh, yeah, that's true. I like how that's the part you're trying to justify, not the being naked part. (laughs) We went to a weird school, dead man. A weird, weird, weird school. Okay. Joking aside, I'm just, just ignoring that part because I could only focus on how I could technically match the hair. No, I would not be naked around anyone, so it's okay. <laughs> that part would never work. But yeah, Trolls, it had some really great music in it. Um, Like, I actually, like, when I go into a musical, I use air quotes because... Some of them aren't musicals, 
But whenever I go into a musical nowadays, especially one aimed at kids, I'm ready to be bored out of my fucking mind around the fifth musical number that they've squeezed into the first 15 minutes because they think that all kids' movies have to have 17,000 songs in them, only two of which are any good. This one I wound Remember to up tell your parents to buy the soundtrack off of, sat- off of iTunes. I ended up enjoying every single song in Trolls. Okay. Every single one was every single one was decent. For the most part, the characters were either good or you didn't have to pay attention to them because <laughs> they were just ancillary background characters. As a matter of fact, there's a there is a butt joke in the first 15 minutes, and it actually got me to do a genuine laugh, not a <laughs> I'm five years old, so I'm gonna laugh at the butt joke laugh, <laughs> but a genuine <laughs> laugh of shock and amusement. Oh. Like, they actually make a behind pun, and it's great. It is great. Um, all of the characters are either likable or become likable over the course of the movie, except for the ultimate villain. Who who cares? They're the villain. It's a child's movie. We don't have to find the villain to have these positive uh, traits. We should, because, you know, educate our children that not that people aren't always truly just good or evil, but... I digress. Um, And one of my favorite things about this movie is while every character does come out with a positive outlook, they don't change. They don't become what the other characters want them to become. Because I'll tell you right now, there is a character who is a grumpy asshole. He doesn't like the way the other trolls live. He's off. We've seen him in the trailers. The The guy who's got the sticks under his arm. Branch. He is a grumpy asshole, and I like him. He's my favorite character. He's one of the main characters, so good. And he, by the end of it, while he does have a more positive outlook, he's not the, well, let's go out and be friends with everybody like the rest of the trolls. He still seems to be somewhat grumpy and somewhat of an asshole to everybody else. Um, but that's actually one of my favorite things about this movie. It, it's not a you have to change to fit everybody else's perspective. It's a be who you are and own it. Which is a great message for kids. The entire time you've been talking, I've been trying to think if there is a child equivalent of The Wire. <laughs> no. I'm just going to straight up saying no because first time I watched the show... I could barely follow it. I had to like be picking apart the various threads of what was going on and trying to make sure I grasped who everybody was. Because one of the things about The Wire, they don't really do exposition. Really? Which means from that you fuck really... scene, from that fuck scene, I would assume it was just fucking ninety nine minutes an episode of expository dialogue. Yeah, but That's a lot you look fit, at the size of the cast and you show. think. If you look at the size of the cast and you think to yourself, well, if no one says, oh, hey, it's that person right there, means you have to gather from context who everybody is. And I was not great at that the first time I watched it. <laughs> like, now if you ask me who Weebay or Stinkum is, I know who those are. But first time through, I actually, it, I kind of overlooked who the main target of their investigation actually was, Avon Barksdale. I was like, I was like, 
maybe three episodes in before I finally was like, oh, right, okay, he, that's who they're after. Follow-up question. <laughs> if somebody were to make a children's version of The Wire, would that land? No, because children would, like, I... It it depends on what aspects of the wire you want to take from the wire. Yeah, you'd have to be very limited, I guess. If you wanted, if to you make want a to take the show that, in theory, you could make a children's show that was grounded in reality and didn't try and sugarcoat things or make it more dynamic or exciting, but. That kind of goes against the very spirit of most children's shows, and I don't think that that would work too well. Next time on Pitch Meetings, a a kid's version of The Wire. Because that's where this belongs. That's where this discussion belongs. Yeah. That show is coming back, fuckers. I have ideas about things. (laughs) Which means it'll be Dead Man and Me talking for another 15 hours about a Power Rangers show. (laughs) Yes, but also... Anyway, because I actually do so, have an idea about a Power Rangers esque show. Oh, me too. Uh, so my next, the next <laughs> thing that I went to the, the <laughs> honey, you don't even know. But anyway, so the next movie I went to go see uh, that I that is still airing is um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Okay, how this was Harry Potter was Part Nine? This movie was beautiful. It was. It was like that's the first word that comes to mind for this film. The CGI was glorious. It was used excruciatingly well. I I actually believed for the most part, for the most part, there were some instances that were a little uh, but I believed for the most part that these characters were sharing the screen with these fantastic beasts. If there was like animatronics and shit, I could not tell the difference. It was absolutely marvelous. But, and I'm giving a spoiler warning here. I'm giving a spoiler warning. So if you have not seen Fantastic Beasts, skip forward like five, ten minutes. The good guys lose. The good guys lose. How so? Because the bad guys in this are, like, from what I understand, it's either more magic Nazis or regular human racism it's more magic nazis um but i say the the good guys lose because their goal at the end is to save a child and our heroes who it's four individual people fail to do that the child dies yay and we don't get five minutes later. Well, ultimately, we stopped the bad guy, guys, and that's all that really matters. Positivity. No, yeah, we get, like, kid. a few months later. We skip a few months ahead before we see the characters moving on with their lives. Which is impactful, to say the least. Because that's not normally done, especially not in a movie that could be argued to be a kid's movie. Because that Harry Potter is like a series for like young, like teens to young adults. Yeah, it grew up with the audience. <laughs> so by the end of it, it did. It was fairly older. You know, again, magic Nazis. 
Yeah, magic Nazis. You, it, you, but it's not just unless they, it's a very specific thing for kids. You don't really bring Nazis into stuff made for children. And like the thing is, it's not just that they fail to save their goal, like just they fa- that they fail to succeed at their ultimate goal. They also had to lose somebody. And while he wasn't dead, he was practically dead to them. Which, wow. I just have to say that, wow. That is also not something I expected from a movie like this. I wasn't happy with that decision, but they stuck to their guns. And I've got to applaud them for that. This movie was not the best movie I've seen all year. Not even close. It was a very good movie. I enjoyed it thoroughly. But I give it... I I award it extra points for doing things that you don't usually see in movies. It was a downer fucking ending. And I applaud it for that. Remember, kids... I applaud it for making me feel bad. Remember, kids, if you want to court favor with Caveman in in terms of his reviews of movies, kill children (laughs) and have your bad guys just super fucked. That's not how you court favor. You actually make a good film. Like if it was a shitty and movie and they killed and they killed all the good shit off, I'd be like, "Well, this is even worse now. I can't even get a happy ending." Because I do like happy endings. But I also like that this movie did something that you don't often see, which is say, "Yeah, you lose sometimes. You just got to pick up and keep moving forward." And nobody will learn that message, and instead will go, "We know we need spinoffs from from fucking successful franchises." Unfortunately. Be sure to look forward to the next spinoff for Fifty Shades of Grey, where we learn the origin story of the guy who makes all of Dorian Gray's fucking bondage shit. Fuck, I don't know. So the other movie that I've seen recently, I'm not sure if it's in theaters, and if it is in theaters, I recommend waiting for it to come out on DVD or for it to come out on TV. Storks. (laughs) It was mediocre. It was a fun romp, but it was mediocre. Kells the, the breeze. Motiva- what? Kells the fucking breeze, dude. Yeah. The villain's motivations were lackluster, nonsensical, and ultimately pointless. One of the main villainous characters that we have the entire time either makes no sense or is just retarded. Yes, I'm talking about the pigeon thing. So fucking irritating. Um, now, if there was a children version of Omar, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> Storks—not the greatest movie I've seen all year. Not even close. A six, easily. Like, and that's with me being nice because it's a kids' film. Because I'm usually a little bit more lenient on those. So if you want to make a movie that'll score high, make a semi-decent children's film, because you'll automatically get a few more points just for being a kid's film, and then have the good guys loose. You'll probably end up at an eight. Also, burn an orphanage. Just fuck it. Yeah, kill some kids. That'll get a lot of points with me. In the movie, not real life. Well... (laughs) Anyway... Uh, on to TV, I guess. Um, so, I just got Hulu, 
which means I mainlined all the Mythbusters they had. I'm still gonna give a massive fucking rating to Mythbusters. Like, especially, like, the first ten seasons. Watch that shit. Learn something. It's awesome. There's nothing more I can really say about that. Um. Mm. Yeah. Educate yourselves. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm just sitting, I'm sitting here thinking, like, how could people have been watching Mythbusters and yet the country is still so fucking dumb? Mm. Uh. Ooh, I uh, was rewatching Danny Phantom. This Ah. entire block is going to be an advertisement for Hulu. Just for those of you who don't have Hulu yet. Hulu's awesome. But yeah, no. Been rewatching Danny Phantom. That show is awesome. Uh, for those yeah, of you who is. don't know, uh, Danny Phantom, he was just 14 when his parents built a very strange machine. It was designed to view a world unseen. I'm guessing this is the theme song? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he gets ghost powers and punches ghosts in the face. There's a few recurring villains. It's actually a rather fun like for a version of the superhero story. Like, yeah. they kind of try and tell it as, like, this monthly comic book, only as a weekly TV show. And then, and then halfway through season one, they realized that they couldn't have the ghosts, because ghosts are dead people, so they made them, so they made them extra-dimensional beings. Yeah. They're not actually dead people. Nope. Um, let's see. Which makes it real weird that there are a few ghosts who are dead people. Yeah. Like fucking Johnny 13 like- and the lunch lady. And the box ghost. Beware! The box ghost. Beware! And wait, I've also isn't been Desiree watching, um, dead? Isn't Desiree a dead person too? That's where you. That's where it starts getting iffy. Because she's a genie. But no, there was and backstory where she was a person, then was turned into a genie, who was also a ghost. Yeah, yeah that's where. That's why it's a weird one. Um, but no, Danny Phantom is fun. Like, like I personally recommend skipping the first like h- half of season one because there's not really much plot until you get into the first half of season one. And even then, eh, I it gives you context. Start at season, uh, start at season two, <laughs> <laughs> especially if you've watched it before. Because I was just like, oh, this show sucks. Why am I real? Oh, season two. That's where it really gets good. Uh, yeah, so, so yeah, remember, skip the first half of season one, start with season two. <laughs> Those are my the, recommendations. The second half of season, season one. Start with season two or skip, this, uh, skip the first half of season one. Second half of season one. You can watch it just fine, but fuck you if you do, I guess. <laughs> um, Attempts to watch it don't really work because... Like some of the characters in the show itself, it's an ethereal thing that doesn't really exist in our plane. So go straight to season two, I guess. <laughs> yes, my recommendation doesn't make much sense. I get it. Yeah, the, the second half of the season walked into a ghost portal. I just, I, got, oh. I gotta say, though, just, just thinking back on it now. Elder Fenton's. You can't yeah, design no, shit. Morons. You can't design shit for shit. Who the fuck puts an on switch inside the thing they need to turn on? 
Hello? I was like, oh, I need to turn this blender. Better reach behind the blades and flip the on button. Uh, that's actually one issue I have with the show. They know the uh, they know exactly the accident that caused Danny's development into Danny Phantom. So why do Sam and Tucker never recreate the fucking accident? Because that you can only have one superpowered person on a team. But they'd be so much more effective as a team of three ghost uh, ghost boys and girls. Would you trust Tucker with ghost powers? I wouldn't trust him with the keys to a fucking Vespa. I trust him with the keys to a fucking Vespa before I trust him with ghost powers. But Sam, I Why trust. Why do you want him to get ghost powers? powers? Yeah, Sam would rock because that shit. Tucker, Sam would be great with ghost powers. There's an entire episode centered around Tucker whining about not having ghost powers, then getting ghost powers. Which could have been remedied by just giving him fucking ghost powers from the beginning. And then turning evil. Like, that is an issue that they that the show really should have, like, oh, when he turned it on, he could never turn it off again, or some bullshit like that. But they don't do yeah, that, Yeah, so it's, it's, it's just a line of dialogue. Just, oh, we can't do that again because the fucking portal's open all the time. Yeah. One line. We don't have the money to build our. We don't have the money to build our own like fucking Vlad over there. Packers fucking suck. Let me buy them. I actually really like Vlad because he does exactly what I would do with ghost powers. I'd make myself yeah, a multi-billionaire. Money. I'd make myself a multi-billionaire. The only difference is I would then use the money to help the world, whereas he uses it to buy the Green Bay Packers. I would use some of that money to help the world. The rest of it, I would. Put into some things I don't feel like I could mention on on any kind of recorded format. One thing I would do is I would buy EA and then force them to actually be a good video game company. <laughs> oh, I'd buy Konami and force them to be a video game company. Mm. <laughs> um, right. yeah. sorry. I'd sell Kojima the rights to Metal Gear Solid for a buck fifty. I just had a revelation and realized that in express, like I was about to say, oh, right. And realized, right. If I point out that I just realized Lance Reddick was in John Wick, it points out that I have been in the background looking at all of the cast members of The Wire. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I expect that. I mean, we're talking about shit you don't care about at all. I mean, hell, I was playing Pokemon while you guys were talking about Lucifer. <laughs> I'm gonna be he honest. The guy that runs I had the no hotel. <laughs> Fucking goddamn Pokemon! <laughs> oh, Sun and Moon are so good, guys. Piece of shit. <laughs> but um, so another show that yeah. I've been watching uh, was uh, Iron Man: Armored Adventures. Have either of you ever even heard of it? I watched a bunch of it. of it when it was on television, and I tried watching okay. it again recently on Netflix. Well, it's on Hulu, all of it. Also Man, on Netflix. It is, good. It, is it is. Sorry about that. Uh, it is a very great show. Uh, teenage Tony Stark uh, basically subtract the alcohol that gave him hormonal issues and fluctuations in behavior and just replace that with he's a fucking teenager. So he's not evil yet. 
No, he's actually rather like it's it's a great show. Um, I wish they had done more with it. Like, I kind of wish that we had gotten a whole bunch of teenage superheroes, like just like I, following in the same vein, just to see what would have happened. I wish it wasn't but, CG. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed that I didn't get take the opportunity to jump in when Dead Man said so. He isn't evil yet. To say, did you not hear Caveman? He's a teenager. <laughs> yeah, that's why yet. Tony Stark doesn't become evil until he stops drinking. So he has It's hard to imagine yet. Tony Stark as a teenager and not evil. It's hard to imagine a teenager and not evil. They're not evil. They're chaotic neutral. I wasn't evil. I was the nicest person you've ever met. Isn't that right? Sure. Silence is the best answer. <laughs> I'm going to go with sarcastic... Sure. But no, uh, to give you guys the basic premise, Tony Stark's dad is killed. I, he builds the iron. He, he had built the Iron Man armor because he's constantly in competition with his dad. Because this version of Tony really loves his dad. Whatever that's all about. His dad ain't a big old dickhole. Um, then he has to go to high school. You know, the classic, ooh, I'm a superhero, but I have to go to school still drama. Um, Pepper is yeah, no, on fucking uh, coke. Pepper's awesome. Pepper's a great character, better than Rhodey. Yeah, she is, but she's also she is on some kind of amphetamine. Yeah, yeah, she is. But um, it's a great watch. It's a great superhero jaunt. Um, I've watched it all the way through twice since I got Hulu at the beginning of the month. <laughs> One thing, though, not particularly well paced for superhero origin stuff. No, it's not. Like, like so, like, the first, like, the the opening episode is a two-parter. And, like, get into the second part, and just he, and he just, there is no, like, big reveal of, oh, it's Iron Man, or anything. It's just, he gets into a fucking pod, and then, oh, hey, Iron Man's here. Yeah, so you're going to want to skip the first three episodes, watch episode four, then go back and watch episode two, and then don't watch any of the rest of the series because it's actually a mental experiment. So remember, don't watch the first half of season one, watch season two. (laughs) Other than that, I'm. I this has been what to watch machine. with Caveman. <laughs> I hopped into the Wayback Machine and uh, turned on X Men, the '90s TV show. I would sing the theme song, but I'm afraid we'd get a copyright strike for it. God damn it, you fucking piece of shit! And yeah, if this shit gets shut down, we lose almost a thousand podcasts. Yeah, no, this is like X Men. I, I did like two seconds of it. Shut up. We are not going to get shut That's down. Enough. For that. This shit is hosted in Germany. <laughs> yes, Caveman's no. vocal reproduction of that was so close that clearly it would be content ID'd. It don't need to be content ID'd. Someone could just say, hey, fuckers, that's mine. And if we can't <laughs> well, prove it. We'd have to listen to this for that to happen. 
Like like five Ouch. people listen to this. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't resist that. <laughs> like five people Ouch. listen to this. Yeah, Birdie's one of them, but I count it. Uh, but yeah, Jesus Christ, that show is not good by today's standards. Well, yeah, it's from the like, 90s. It's still, it's still fun, but ooh, like I can't watch more than a couple episodes of that at a time because it just reminds me of the 90s. And the 90s was not a good time. No, it was not. There's a reason that was the dark age of comics. There's a reason it was the dark age, period. Next, I've been taking a uh, jaunt through TNT with the librarians. Yeah, you have. I fucking love this show. It is so good, Like, I don't know what stopped me watching it originally. Oh, wait, it was airing on an irregular schedule and I didn't have the TV guide to catch it all the time. No, this show is awesome. Like, I, if you, uh, first off, I highly recommend you ch- you check out the Librarian's movies, which were originally aired on TNT. Uh, well, actually, the uh, Librarian movies. Oh, yeah, the Library. The, yeah. Yeah, the Librarian. They're, was, they're good Go shit. Just, yeah. Like, it's Indiana Jones light uh, with a bit more magic. And a, an oddball goofball who has more degrees than I have fingers and toes. Yep. And yeah, it, yes, like, like the librarian you can have six of each in this world. And he still has libra- Yeah, the librarian in this world is a guardian of magic. He goes out into the world, finds magical artifacts, and then brings them back to the library in order to keep them out of the hands of people who would use them for wrong, like, for example, Max Headroom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been an age since I watched the, libra- the library movies. They were yeah. good, though. Or, they were- as another example, Kyle MacLachlan. I think he was the bad guy in the movie where Detective Beckett from Castle played a vampire. And the show carries on that. Yeah, the show is a direct... If you've seen the library movies, then each episode is like a 45-minute library movie. They named them like that, too. Yeah, it's it's absolutely great. Like, what I'm, I'm going through Hulu, and it's... And the, and the, and the, and the, and the... Because it's librarians and the... Which is great. Yeah. It's great. And their Christmas episode was actually a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Bruce Campbell played weird. Santa Claus. Yeah. Yeah, he did. It was great. Uh, but, um, it's on Hulu. Uh, again, like, all of this is an advertisement for Hulu. They aren't paying us. I wish they would. <laughs> Because then I could have an excuse to watch TV all day. Yeah. Also, I feel like I should just say this for... If anybody is interested in this, a good chunk of these episodes from the TV show are directed by Jonathan Frakes. You know... Riker. Oh, wow. I think he also directed the third movie. Cool. So yep. moving on at my normal five mile an hour uh, pace, at least compare, comparing uh, to them when they're going half a mile an hour, uh, Tron Uprising. Have you watched Tron? 
It's like they made it into a TV series and updated the storylines. Wasn't that a tie-in to a video game? It was a tie-in to the movie. The new movie. Loosely. I think. Okay. It gets confusing. But it's it's standalone. It's great. It's a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. Um, It's starring Elijah Wood. We get to see Tron. We get to see more about the grid. We get to learn about shit that's been going on. It's a great film. It's, I mean, not just film, TV show. Um, I kind of absolutely hate that it didn't get more. Seriously, fuck you guys for not watching this show because I want more. Hey, fuck you. I didn't know it existed. Well, you should have. And even if I did know it existed, it's a television tie-in to Tron. Fuck you for not watching it. But hey, Bruce Boxleitner got fucking paid, so that's great. Next, we've got another uh, step into the Wayback Machine. Who remembers Spider-Man Unlimited? Yeah, Mm. that was the Spider-Man 2099 TV show without actually being the Spider-Man 2099 TV show. Yeah, it was. There was a and fucking it's just Russian as Green 90s Goblin. as you imagine. It literally oozes. Like I, I, I'm looking at the icon right now, and the icon oozes 90s. It's infecting the TV shows on either side of it. It's the one where he goes into space and ends up in space New York. Yeah, it is. Pretty much. Yeah, I watched that when it aired, and. Uh, setting aside the fact that it actually like was at the turn of the de- like decade right as we were entering 2000 even saying that aside when i watch it, i'm like oh god this is 290s amen like so I- yeah uh that's actually one i'm going to recommend skipping <laughs> just entirely <laughs> no actually i'm just looking at this the reason that it got canceled was because it aired at the time of Pokemon and Digimon, and both of those overshadowed it. Good. This is one of the few times when I'm glad a show that I'm watching got canned. Because otherwise I'd have to watch more of it. Oh, come on, you don't want to see more about Peter Parker fucking fighting the fighting the fucking evil of John Jameson, a.k.a. Man-Wolf? No. No, That's I don't. That's a fucking character? <laughs> yeah, it is. No, I don't. Don't want to see more of the high. The, evo- you don't want to see more of the high evolutionary. No, because it sucked. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I did not remember this at all. And then the final. The, actually, the original for, idea sounds interesting. Yeah, the idea sounds interesting, which is why I put it on again. It's well, no. terrible. It, in the original idea, Spider-Man was tra- uh, stranded in a counter-Earth in which Ben Parker didn't die, and thus Peter Parker lacked the moral fortitude to resist becoming Venom. However, Marvel Comics didn't like the idea and stated they would not do a story with two Peter Parkers. Huh. <laughs> that does sound interesting. I don't know what could have happened in the 90s that would make Marvel Comics say they didn't want more than one Peter Parker. Who knows? 
so the final piece of advertising for Hulu that I'm going to do today is My Woo! Life as a Teenage Robot. Oh yeah, that show is great. My Life as a Teenage Robot is similar is in a similar vein to Danny Phantom, and I believe they actually came out around the same time. Uh, it's about a robot girl. Her mother built her to protect the Earth from extraplanetary threats. And she ends up going to high school and all of the drama going on there. I kind of think that Nickelodeon ha- enjoys having, like, teens and preteens fighting the end of the world. Because. That shit's easy money. Oh, actually, I do have one more advertisement for uh, Hulu. God damn it! <laughs> Sorry. I have other shows that I've you watched. Can, I'm can, not done. <laughs> Fucking back when we actually fucking had people we could make money for advertising from, you couldn't advertise those fuckers, but you're just saying, hey, Hulu, you don't pay us, yeah. so fuck you. You're great. You're great. Hulu and Hulu and Netflix. I love them. Um, Netflix, I'm fine but, with. Hulu is racist. Yeah, they are. Uh, fucking release Miss, your shit in uh, Canada, dickholes. Miss Marple. I used to talk about this on being on Netflix, but Netflix couldn't keep the license. Hulu has it. So if you've heard me talk about it before, you don't need me to talk about it again, so I'm not going to. I'm just going to say, if you like it, watch it. So Hulu doesn't get rid of it, because I want to keep it. Okay. Um, Okay, so I've got three things to talk about on Netflix. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) If you say we go. Hey, I haven't been on one of these in months. Fuck you. They're all DC. First is Flashpoint. Justice League Flashpoint. Yeah. Eh. I read the comic. I thought the comic was better. Oh yeah, the comic is great. They have not the done much better. They have not done a filmed version of Flashpoint that did the actual thing any justice. Uh, uh, Justice League the Flashpoint Paradox. Give the full title. I did like the uh execution of um Mr. Wayne, I can't remember his first name. Bruce's Thomas? Dad. Yeah, Thomas. Although I kind of wish we had gotten to see Martha. Yeah, the Joker. I, we didn't get to see Martha in this, and I would have liked to see Martha. I would have liked to have at least a small exchange between the two of them. Um, even if it was just visiting his son's grave. Well, we get, we get, to, we get to see a second of it. Yeah, I would have liked to see more. I would have liked to see... Like, I, I just think that would have been interesting. Uh, the next yeah. one was uh, Justice League War, which was mediocre at best. Is that's the one I think I might have seen? Uh, Dark Side invades, and they yeah. win. They win by Batman saying, "Listen, you can be the boss if you're just smart enough to be the boss." Oh yeah, that's the one where Wonder Woman looks at Superman and is like, "You're strong." Yeah, it is. Fuck. This is the one where Batman keeps pickpocketing uh, Green Lantern's ring, right? I don't remember. Uh, yeah, yeah, he does. It they're in the sewers, dumb. and they're in the sewers, and uh, fucking Green Lantern's like, "Oh, you don't have any powers. What the fuck are you doing here?" And then all of a sudden, he just has the Green Lantern's ring. It's like, so how does this work? I don't see any buttons. I'm assuming thought. Well, how do you do that? It's like, it's like you weren't paying attention. And then he smiles. And then the final thing is DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Fucking A, which was that better show was than, great. That was way better than I thought it would be. 
That show is really good. It is the one of the best DC shows going on right now. There was one episode that sold me on the show. It was like this show wins. Like it's just it's good enough. It is good enough to stay on my radar. Middle America. They actually talk about racism in time travel. Yeah, yeah, they do. I've never seen that done on television before. They also talk about Usually sexism. They're and, just like they also talk about sexism and homophobia no in time travel. Yeah, it was great. They actually acknowledged that. Yeah, these things were issues. I people complained. People were assholes, but it didn't stop you from living your life. So, dude, good on you. Have you seen? Have you seen any of season two? I have not gotten to season two yet. I'm still in season. They two. have straight up slaves. Oh my god! They this go. Show is they, awesome. They go to the American Civil War and see just straight up slaves fucking chained up in a barn because they touched a white person at a party. Wow. And the guy who owns them gets eaten by zombies. As he should. And they just stand there watching. That is awesome. It's just so good. So, Dead Man, what you watching? Well, Legends of Tomorrow, obviously. <laughs> uh, Legends of Tomorrow is... Like I said, it is the it is the best DC show currently on the air. I think that's in part because they're just like fuck it. Yeah, that that's like, the they, like, they, like season season one was rough. I really enjoyed it, but it was kind of rough. Season two, they don't give a fuck. Like, like it, and in season one, there were like a couple episodes where it was like it was like, hey, we have like these things that are gonna be we're gonna be doing. You know, the, the typical time travel stuff, but they never really went full into it. Uh, the thought that just went through my head. And introducing the newest team member, Honey Badger. <laughs> God what? damn it. You fucking uh, beamer. Yeah, I'm really not. It just got brought up recently, so it's a famous Honey Badger don't give a fuck meme thing. It's stupid. Somebody did a joke. Somebody did like a joke dubbing of nature footage about a honey badger. Yeah. And it became a meme. And it was recently brought up because it's Steve Bannon's personal motto. Okay, okay. then. Yeah. We well, asked. Yeah, so first season, they had, you know, they went to the future, went to the past. They had an episode with Jonah Hex. But there, but it always felt like it was holding back just a bit. It managed, yeah, it managed to carry, it, it managed to carry itself. One. Yeah, it, it managed to carry itself forward by having like a very likable cast that worked well off each other, and having Captain Cold there at all times. Oh yeah, he's like he is one of my favorites. Just punning it up, fucking every second he can, being the best. Though, Season two, just. Uh, just- I have to ask, does Professor Stein ever redeem himself? Because after the roofing... Um, well, Jax forgives him for it, and he does kind of... I haven't really... I haven't not liked him. Except specifically an episode that deal with his past, because in his, his past... He's his an past that he, in his past. Yeah, his past is that he's a big dick. 
And so anytime there is an episode of like, hey, I'm remembering the Galcyon days of my youth or whatever, it's just, oh, I'm a giant butthole and I need to learn to not be such a big butthole about things. But they managed to avoid, they managed to like have him not interact with his past enough for that to not really be a problem. One of my biggest issues is they do not cover how many paradoxes that they are creating. Oh no, they don't give a fuck like, about paradoxes. Like, like going into yeah, yeah, going into season two, despite the fact that they are there to stop aberrations from fucking with the timeline, they fuck up the timeline super hard and don't really care about it. Like it, it is, it is so weird. It is so fucking weird. Like, so the big thing with season two is they introduced a new character. Uh, his name is Nathan. And he is a history detective. Oh, and PPS? I, I, I want to high-five you and smack you at the same damn time. <laughs> well, now I've got... Uh, I've got fucking Elvis Costello stuck in my head now, so... Yeah, Don't worry. Yeah, like, I've slapped myself in the head. So what he does is he he is a historian who I can't remember the exact thing, but it's like deductive reasoning. Just like he gets pieces of history and then paints a picture out of them. He he describes himself as a history detective, and that kind of serves as his role for the team at the beginning of it. Anyway, where like the like season the season starts off with uh, in Arrow basically, which. I know that might turn a few people off because Arrow is such horseshit. But they managed to they managed to, you know, skirt that a bit. But anyway. Yeah, so he shows up and says, Hey, history is changing, and I think the, I think the legends are gonna die or whatever, because the legends took a nuke into the Hudson to stop Damien Dark from and the Nazis from stop ending World War II by nuking New York. Okay, uh, just gonna, I'm gonna, I wanna stop you for five seconds. If you have Hulu and want to watch The Librarians, they also have The Librarian. So you can watch two of the movies before you watch the TV show. Oh, cool. Yeah. Watching the detective. Pay us, Hulu. Sorry. <laughs> Give us money so we can love you more. So, anyway, so yeah, they bring this. So yeah, this guy gets kind of just onto the team because he helps save the legends, and they lose Rip. He doesn't die. Well, that's he's, not good. He doesn't die. He's just gone. Like some protocol was enacted that randomly shot the legends out to different points in history to save them from being nuked. I guess. But but Rip is Rory. Yeah, well, he's gone now. Yeah, for those of you who don't know who Rip is, uh, Rory from Doctor Who. The most badass of badass characters ever to exist in Doctor Who. The last centurion. (laughs) Yeah, that's not something anyone would have called when Rory first showed up. Nope. (laughs) The best part is he's a nurse. Yeah, he's a male nurse. So the most badass character in Doctor Who is a nurse. My fiance is a nurse. That's why I'm so excited for this. Yeah. So, Legend of Tomorrow, Time Masters, Time Masters. They things happened with them that they are no longer a thing. 
and now it is up to the legends to go about and try to keep history safe. And they are keeping it safe mostly from Damien Dark and the Reverse Flash, who are the beginnings of the Legion of Doom. God, who's Damien Dark? Uh, he was the bad guy in the last season of Arrow, and one of the only good things about the last season of Arrow. See, I haven't watched Isn't Arrow. He the guy that was an actor in Minority Report? Yeah, I think so. Neil okay. McDonough. I think I know that from like a brief crossover or something with Flash. Also, funny thing, Neil McDonough also voiced the Green Arrow. Hmm. Yeah, so Damien Dark, he is in history. He is an immortal. So he just kind of goes around doing shit throughout history. Reverse Flash, time traveler. Who, by all accounts, shouldn't exist, but still does because fuck you. And yeah, so they're going about doing evil shit. Legends are going through history doing not Good evil shit. shit. Yeah, they uh, they meet the JSA. Oh, that doesn't end well. Uh, well, one of the JSA members joins the Legends. Really? Because the JSA was actually fairly racist and sexist. Which is funny, because the member who joins is a black woman. Yeah, unless she was their secretary, I'm gonna call bullshit. Nope, she was Vixen. I'm gonna call bullshit. Did they... Well, which version of JSA? Uh, the one that isn't racist or sexist. Okay. Which point in history? Uh, 1940s. Okay, I can believe that. Yeah, World War Two. Yeah, they, that like the first time they meet, it is the standard two super teams meet so they fight each other. Woo. Yeah, which it makes some sense because these fuckers appeared out of nowhere, did a bunch of shit with some fairly high with some people as a fairly high level of government, and then just tried to leave. So, yeah, probably. But yeah, it's it's been really good. They have uh, they've kind of gone more whole hog into what they're doing. Like, like one of the first things that Sarah Lance does is fuck the Queen of France. Her costume is terrible. Wait, if Vixen is a character who also appears in the animated CW stuff, this this Vixen is that Vixen's grandmother. Okay. Yeah, the medallion that gives them their powers is passed down from generation to generation. Her costume is terrible. The white canary costume? She never wears it. It's just bland. Yeah, she never wears it in season two. She's just in regular clothes or whatever clothes work for the period. Good, because the costume sucked. Oh yeah, it's just, it's just hey, hey, you like, hey, you like the black canary costume? Here it is in white with less fishnets. It's better than her, Somehow... bla- it's better than her black canary costume though. Yeah. Which was just Still. which was just boring but more tits. Which actually took a lot away from the character. The costume was terrible. Also, in that old costume, fucking it's something that bugs me. But she's a blonde who disguised herself as a blonde. Like she wore a blonde wig over her blonde hair. 
Well, see, the trick there is if someone gets a hair sample or if the wig falls off, everybody thinks your hair color is a different color. It's assuming, actually been done. What in he means is assuming before. they don't see the wig falling off, obviously. But if it gets left behind. It's still just like, hey, hey, hey here's an idea. If you're going to wear a wig. Wear a wig that isn't a slightly different shade of your natural hair color. But, never mind, I'm not going to explain it. No, like, I, I get it, I get it, I, I get that, but just... I have brown hair. If I were to wear a wig to disguise myself, I would not wear a brown wig. The trick is to cast suspicion on yourself so that when the wig is found, suspicion is removed from you. Like, why would they wear a wig that's the same color as their hair? That's just stupid. That is actually the point. The point is because no one thinks that someone would actually do that. <sighs> that makes about as much sense to me as the reason that Clark Kent can wear glasses and no one sees he's Superman. See, I've always insisted that it's actually a telepathic memory field that makes everybody forget what he looks like when he's Clark Kent, when he's Superman. Like you can't actually properly see his face when he's Superman. That's what that's my assumption. Uh, the actual reason, they which they I actually don't care say what in they the say in comics because it's stupid, is that it's nobody stupid. is that nobody thinks Superman would be wearing glasses and getting coffee at Starbucks. No, the like no, they the reason that they state in the comics is would you think that this meek mild-mannered goofball could be that when looking at a statue of Superman? Well, at, well, so they've stopped having him be meek and mild-mannered. And so now when he's Clark Kent, he acts the exact same as he does when he's Superman. It's just nobody thinks Superman would be a regular person, so nobody looks at him twice. Even though there's insane people like me who would be like, okay, I've got these pictures comparing facial features. <gasps> you have a 37% chance to be Batman. Dude, do you With want Bat your coffee or not? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yes, yeah, like the characters have have like gotten to their roles a bit more. They are a, they are just kind of acting more naturally with each other. They're working well with each other. Uh, Nathan is a decent addition to the cast. He just him with his like super with him with his like superhero envy because he is a hemophiliac historian who in a ship on a ship of superheroes. So stuff happens with I him. Was, I was gonna say make a Nathan Drake joke, but upon hearing that he's a historian who travels with superheroes and goes off to ridiculous places. I think the show made the joke for me. He has almost the same haircut. That gets more ridiculous as the show goes on. <laughs> it's it's kind of like Steve's hair in Stranger Things, where his hair just keeps getting bigger and bigger as the episodes go on. His hair, yeah, This guy's hair also kind of gets bigger and bigger as the show goes on. Yeah, it's fun. They are doing more with the history stuff. Like I said, having two of the black characters try to infiltrate a plantation by pretending to be slaves. 
then getting locked up with the slaves. Oh, dear God, really? I have to catch up. Yeah, yeah, they do that. Like, 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 when, the, when, they fir- like when they first show up, uh, they see a slave woman being beaten by the plantation owner, and Jax uh, has to hold back Vixen, saying, we can't fuck with history too much. Otherwise, who knows what the fuck could happen? And then he sees all the slaves. It's like, oh, fuck what I said earlier. We're freeing all these guys. Let's watch these racists get eaten by zombies. Fuck history. Let God sort it out. Yeah. God, in this case, being a future zombie virus. The best part about fucking with history is actually there could be an argument made for if you go to a... There's a certain range where what you do would not affect you at all. Like, far enough back that it doesn't act, it can't actually affect all of the marriages later down that eventually make you, but not so far back that you could literally reshape the course of history. And also you know, so getting to say... Li- uh, and now. also getting to say the line, Dormammu, I want to make a bargain. Over and over and over again. That That also... That that's a fun bit of playing with history. Oh, well, also speaking so of fun, what else you've been watching, Dead Man? Uh, just final thing. Speaking of fun bit playing of history, uh, so Sarah is the captain now, basically, but they keep going back to history in America, and having a woman say she's in charge, everybody just laughs or doesn't pay attention. So uh, so a lot of so sexism. Like, yeah, so so certain chunks of the sh- so certain points of the episode are just Sarah doing something to prove that she's in charge, and everyone's like, "Oh, okay, yeah." Like, like for example, they go to meet Ulysses S. Grant to say, "Hey, there's a horde of Confederate zombies coming your way," and and so Sarah like goes and tries to say that it's like, uh, "Miss, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to your boss," pointing to just a guy. It, it doesn't really matter who it is because it's just a guy. And she just goes, ah, fuck this. Leaves, then comes back with the zombie head still alive saying, there's a thousand of these fuckers coming at you. What do you want to fucking do about it? Or just Jonah Hex just saying, oh, a woman's in charge. That's funny. And then finding out she's a lesbian and just him choking on his whiskey. <laughs> and they're just going, okay then. Legend of Tomorrow was great. And next, Tallulah Tallulah Black show up? Uh, Not yet. Because I would like to see that character done more properly. I say that because she was my favorite. Oddly enough, (laughs) I've said this before, Megan Fox was one of my favorite things about the Jonah Hex movie but they didn't have the guts to actually make her look like the character or maybe she didn't want to. I don't know. But yeah. in the if se- they had made her look like the character, I think I would have really actually liked that part of the movie. This is the second Jonah Hex episode and they use this and they use this episode to introduce Quentin Turnbull. Mm. Played by Jeff Fahey. Mm. You mean QT McWhiskers? <laughs> Watch the Media Whores review. Ah. So anyway, uh, speaking of DC shows, uh, watching The Flash still. That show is approaching arrow levels of quality. Okay. Just, uh, fuck, that show is... 
Okay, this is this one that's been something's been bugging me for a bit. Barry is this show's greatest villain because he's responsible for the death of like at least a couple hundred people. Okay, you're gonna have to explain that statement. So, Flashpoint happened. Oh, dear. It was... Yeah, like, so, the ending of season two was Barry creating Flashpoint. The first episode resolved Flashpoint. However, they fucked up the biggest aspect of Flashpoint in that the Flashpoint timeline is actively worse. So yeah, like like so in the comic, you go into the Flashpoint world, and that world is on fire, basically. Like there is a world-spanning war going on between two literal superpowers that can sink continents. Yeah, Barry's mom's alive, but the rest of the world is burning down. So Barry has to figure out what happens, and then him going back in time and stopping himself from saving his mom, that has real weight to it. It's showing that Barry is a hero. It's showing that Barry will put the needs of the world ahead of his own personal feelings. The Flashpoint timeline in the TV show is actually perfect. Barry's mom never dies. His dad is still alive. They are both happily married and stuff. Iris isn't his sister, so he won't have to feel weird about fucking her. There was no particle accelerator explosion, so there wasn't a huge wave of dark matter creating hundreds of metahumans that killed hundreds, dozens, potentially hundreds of people, and nobody else dying in the ensuing chaos because of that shit. Everything. So why did he go back? Because Wally West got hurt a bit. Dear God, it's good that I stopped watching that show. Yeah, so he, yeah, so he was fighting the rival. And then he got stabbed in the side with a piece of piping. Uh, so then he, so then he took, so then, uh, then Barry beat the rival. Everything was going great. So then he took, so he took Wally back to Star Labs, or I guess Ramon Industries or whatever, where an ophthalmologist said, "I don't think he's doing very well," because you know ophthalmologists know a lot about fucking what's, puncture wounds. What even is an ophthalmologist? I think it's an eye doctor. It is. I'm actually surprised I'm the only one that knows this, but yes, it is very much an eye doctor. Yeah, an so... optometrist handles your lenses and such, but an ophthalmologist is the one that does surgeries on your eyeball and your iris and your retina. So, so someone who's not actually qualified to say, yeah, well, this puncture wound they seems still lethal. did... They're, they're still a doctor. It's not their specialty, but... Yeah, yeah, Let's like, face it, they are more qualified. It's not like he went up to a random guy on the street and like, oh no, he's going to die. I'm not justifying this, that it sounds incredibly stupid, but, yeah, but here's the, I will she, point she, out. She didn't, like, the ophthalmologist didn't say, oh, he's going to die. He, she said, I don't know what I'm looking at, but he doesn't look very good. He got, yeah, yeah, Wally, yeah Wally West got hurt a bit. So then Barry had to go to the fucking reverse flash and say, 
I want you to kill my mother. He had to say those words because a guy he met a couple months ago got hurt a bit. And then just stupid. Oh, and what's even dumber. What is even dumber about this is Barry starts losing his memories and powers of the previous timeline because according to the reverse flash, this timeline was never meant to exist. Barry corrupted time, so that's fucking with him and his powers. The thing with that is, the timeline Barry came from was already corrupted by the reverse Flash. Flashpoint was the way history was meant to go. Ow. (sighs) See, I'm travel. Nothing but good things ever comes from it with stories that aren't based around it. So yeah, because a guy got hurt, uh, Barry doomed his mother and his father and Central City to an onslaught of evil metahumans. And then Walter Bishop constructed the machine made by the ancients. yeah. Yeah, then the observers came back and killed Kennedy. Yeah, and so, yeah, so Barry... Oh, yeah, also, when he came back, time was different this time around, where Caitlin was now getting the powers of Killer Frost and having horrible existential crisis about everything, and Cisco's brother was dead, which caused him severe amounts of trauma. And the entire time, Iris, who right now is his sister, is saying, none of this is your fault. She is enabling him into thinking... That he, like, like one of the big one of the big themes of this season is people pointing out that Barry Allen is terrible at his job, but never gets fired because he is the gold because he is the golden boy. It is something that has never been brought up in the other seasons, but then gets brought up now, and everybody realizes, oh wait, you're actually terrible because Julian Albert, a new character played by Tom Felton is the only person to ever call Barry out in his bullshit. And then he actually gets him fired. He, he, get, he forces Barry to resign. And it is, for a brief second, that character was my favorite character on this show. But then it was revealed that he was Dr. Alchemy. In a twist that was so blatantly obvious, it couldn't have been true. Like in the previous episode, they went to go confront Alchemy, and it's like, oh, hey, has anybody seen Julian? No, I have not seen Julian. He must be sick today. Okay, I'm just glad I stopped watching this show. I really am. They need... I really liked Flash, and I'm just going to hold on to the part I liked. They need to pull out of this fucking nosedive, otherwise it will just be Arrow. And Arrow is basically doomed. Fucking Stephen Amell has come out and said this might be this season might be their last. Because they failed to fucking get a decent story for the last season. <sighs> but next week is the big Fortnite crossover event. Fuck. 
It's an adaptation of the Invasion storyline from the 80s. Well, last I checked, like, last I followed any of these shows was Flash in Season 2, where they had a crossover with Arrow. And that was actually good, from what I understand, for both shows. I wasn't following Arrow at the time, but everyone acknowledged, no, like, by blending it over, it actually improved the writing of Arrow, so maybe having the four, like, the, the crossover thing might not be a bad uh, idea. No, no, it, it, it isn't favor. a bad idea. It is one of the most ambitious moves in television re- in, like, recent well, years. Well, yeah, and I, I didn't mean to say bad idea. I'm saying it when I think it was Caveman, I said, Christ. I'm like, well, that actually could just work out in their favor. Yeah, like, I, I feel like the crossover event will be good because, like, Supergirl and uh, Legend of Tomorrow, I think, are really good shows. The Flash, at least compared to Arrow, is decent. So, so going in there, you have like two very high level shows, one mid level show, and one bottom of the barrel show that will le- that will like probably even average itself out to a pretty decent, pretty decent little bit. I'm sorry, but after recent events, I'm highly pessimistic. So forgive me for assuming that the pile of shit is going to drag the rest of the world down with it. Hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, that's happening. I, that's happening. I haven't been following any of these four shows. So. I was following Arrow out of a morbid interest until very recently, where I just gave up. They can't really blame you. Yep, just. <sighs> Fucking Morpheus. On the giving up part. It's your own fault that you were following it. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Couple moments. There were a couple aspects where I was like, this could be good. If only it wasn't an arrow. But hey, this just leaves room that hopefully this show will get killed. And then a fucking crisis will happen and then we'll get an actual tv show about actual green arrow and not about batman with a bow and arrow bowman <laughs> yeah everyone it to the nice. arrow car <laughs> hey you guys we're gonna be- copyright strike for that we're gonna lose over a thousand podcasts it would be nice <laughs> It would be nice to have a TV show about actual Green Arrow. It would be nice to have a show about a fun guy out there crusading for good. And not... There's got to be a show about a giant mushroom person. Probably. Uh, Moving on, just a little thing with the most recent episode of Star Wars Rebels... I reached an episode of Star Wars Rebels that I couldn't finish. Huh? The fucking kids of the Iron Squadron. Oh, they're annoying, but the episode itself turned out to be pretty fine. Like, their first appearance, I was like, eh, yeah, it's pretty grating, but I was okay with it. I'm a guy who can't watch Terminator 2 because Edward Furlong is too annoying. Yeah, you're weird like that. So... 
having that so having the introduction be these fucking edge lords I, I i do i really like how they keep saying ah it's a star destroyer it's like no that is not a star destroyer they're like four times that size <laughs> it's a light freighter and then finally okay that's a star destroyer <laughs> I, I, I don't know i got a kick out of the build-up to that yeah so Teen Wolf is back for its final season. They turned the Wild Hunt, the Germanic story about potential fairies or Vikings or whatever, into zombie cowboys. What? I don't know. Yeah, so the Wild Hunt. It's a big thing now. It's it's the big storyline of the season where the Wild Hunt is coming into town and erasing people from reality. And they're zombie cowboys. Okay. Um, okay, I I do have one criticism with that, and it's... Defa? Yep, that's about right. It's that this shit is dumb. Yep, it's that this is the final season, so fuck you. Like, maybe the, maybe just like the fucking MTV backlot had a bunch of fucking unused zombie makeup and cowboy costumes, and it was either that or pay money to get actual Germanic, like, fucking armor and shit. It'll be interesting to see fucking a cowboy walk in and say, Howdy, y'all, I'm Woden. Oh, dear Lord. What do you watch, dead man? Shit. (laughs) Moving on. Final thing. Frequency. All right, that's a thing. Yes, it is. It's fine. It's a cop. For those that don't know, it's a cop show based on a movie about a cop in the future, in the present, I guess, uh, talking to her dad, a cop 20 years in the past. Through a a CB radio. Well, we got your box quote for that show. The most interesting... Fine. The most interesting thing about the show is the way that it handles time. Keeps on slipping into the future. Not, not really, because it so it handles time wholly linearly. So, like 2016 connected to 1996, they both move at the exact same rate, parallel to each other. Mm-hmm. So, like if it, so like if it is. 7.30 p.m. on October 19th, 2016, when the lady talks to her dad in the past, it will be 7.30 p.m. on October 16th, 1996. See, I would abuse this gift. I really would. Hey, Mom. Uh, okay, so the winning lotto numbers for tomorrow night are 7, 32, 16, and I kid you not, a gorilla with a piece of leaf in its hand. 
I don't know how, but that's the numbers you want to play. They're a bit too busy trying to catch a serial killer who murdered their wife slash mother. You can take five minutes to get rich. <laughs> and yes, Tell him when best to sell all of that Enron stock that he had been holding on to. <laughs> yeah, Dad, buy Apple, buy yeah. stock in Apple. Trust but me. I, I know. Me. I know the computers look stupid, but. But don't worry, they use children in China and no one will ever blame them for it. Yeah, just just, nev- just <laughs> never look up... steal other people's ideas constantly but don't credit them and claim to be gods among men. Just so long as you are morally flexible and you never look up Foxconn, you'll be fine. Don't Sorry, worry, they have I nets now, it'll like be great. Like, I'm not morally offended on, like, a massive level by them. I disagree with a lot of their ethics, but, yeah, I don't like Apple products is the key thing. Yeah, but they make bank. Yeah. And, like, I, when I say I'm not morally offended, I do take issue with those practices. I really do. But it's not to some exceptional degree where I've feel that they've exceeded what a lot of other companies do yeah but just wrapping up with frequency it is a it's an interesting idea for a cop show that i don't think they capitalize on but they're doing fine like the stuff in the past i think is way more interesting than the stuff in the present uh peyton list our leading lady is fine but she's very much overshadowed by her dad and Mackay Pfeiffer getting a paycheck. Which, it's nice to see Mackay Pfeiffer actually having to put in effort. Like, having to play a character, uh, like, 20 years apart. Like, having to play the same character at two different ages 20 years apart is interesting. And I just, I, I like Mackay Pfeiffer enough that seeing him getting paid is enough for me to say, all right, that's pretty good. Mm. And I don't know why. Just seeing him get out of the fucking YA deluge of horseshit. That makes me feel good about Mackay Pfeiffer's career. Hey, Frequency, if you have nothing better to do it's on Netflix so caveman okay glowing recommendation from dead man there (laughs) you got nothing better to do I'll keep watching it because fuck me I guess so we know dead man has nothing better to do is that surprising no, you should be working on making sure everybody has their characters built for Saturday. And I'll 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 talk to people anyway. <laughs> anyway, those for watching then. On to news. So first up, we have a premiere date for the third season of iZombie. Oh, cool. cool. Yep, it'll be premiering on Tuesday, April fourth, twenty seventeen. You know. In a timely manner. Oddly late, but okay. Yeah, so it will be a two-hour premiere. With uh, first episode at eight, second episode at nine. 
directly after. And then after that, it will just go to Tuesdays at 9, as it usually does. But still, we're getting fucking iZombie back, and that's good. Yeah. I'm missing that show. We also got a, we also got a premiere date for Justice League Action. Which that will be premiering on December 16th at Cartoon Network with a four-part special about Shazam. Everybody's favorite character. Justice League Action? Why have I not heard about this? What the hell you have. This? I have? You have heard about it because I was there when Birdie was telling you about it. Yeah. It's a new Justice League animated series that is a bit more comedic, draws like a little bit of style seemingly from like Teen Titans and stuff like that. It's but with like a but with like you know just League like limited caliber voice acting because Kevin Conroy yeah. is still Batman. And Wonder Woman looks like she's 17. Oh yeah, that's coming December 16th, the Cartoon Network. Uh, I have now traded out Elvis Costello for Stevie Nicks. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. So, a couple weeks back, uh, we talked about uh, the director director of Deadpool, Tim Miller, uh, leaving leaving the Deadpool sequel. We now have his replacement, David Leitch the co-director of John Wick. Okay. This is going to be fucking weird. You think? Yeah, just, I don't... Like, yeah, he's... Great stunt work. He did a really good job co-directing. I'm not sure how he's going to do with a movie like Deadpool on his own. No clue. But but we'll I'm see. not opposed to like I'll applaud them for trying something new. Like I mean it's better than them going with some tried and but not particularly notable individual and turning out something mediocre. If they're oh, trying no, someone they... new who showed promise yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's the thing. Like they, they, yeah, they could have gone just some boring, safe route of, oh, hey, this guy has made bank. Let's fucking give it to him. Instead, they went with, oh, this guy has directed a movie with a similar level of physicality and action to it. Let's see what he can do with this thing. Yeah. It'll be interesting if Deadpool turns into like a testing ground for Fox. Like, like just Deadpool keeps going as a, as a franchise, but they keep trying weirder shit with him. <laughs> that would be interesting. Yeah. Anyway, then moving on to moving on to our Fompies news. Uh, TNT has given a pilot order to a TV series based off the 2013 movie Snowpiercer. I still need to watch that. Birdie you really forced do. me to borrow it ages ago, and I've just not never gotten around to watching it because I just don't care. It is real good. I have no fucking idea how they're going to make a TV show out of that, but it's TNT, and they make the librarians, so fuck it, I guess. I know what I'm going to be watching tonight. 
Yeah, for those who don't know, uh, yeah, it's a 2013 movie uh, directed by Bong Joon-ho, Bong Joon-ho uh, starring Chris Evans. Set in a future where Earth is frozen over and thriving humanity lives in a big old train. Hmm. I knew it had like notable cast members, but I didn't realize. I either didn't realize or had forgotten that Chris Evans was tied to it. Yeah, people who live close to the engine live very posh lives, while people who live at the back of the train live in the slums. That's about Chris Evans and his ragtag group of fucking greasy people making their way toward the front of the train to take it, take that bitch over. So how that turns into a TV show, no idea. I could actually see a few things. I mean, it could be a social study, you know, an examination of how the society forms and sustains itself in a limited re- in an environment of limited resources and such a very rigid class and social structure. Um, I doubt it because this is TNT, so it's probably going to be the train like them constantly trying to keep the train working while also the train stops at various locations. They have to fight like ice monsters and shit every other day. Uh, well the train never stops moving. Yeah. Yeah. I know I'm, I was, I was pretty sure of that, but it's probably going to stop in the TNT series. Also, if they go outside, they die. Monsters to fight. Okay. Then monsters are going to invade the train. Whatever. This is TNT. (laughs) It's they may TNT. make decent stuff, but they fit. They stick to a very rigid structure because they kind of suck any other way. <laughs> wow, actually, the line, it's TNT, summoning the demons from hell, does actually kind of work for their approach to production. Hmm. Yeah, kind of. Anyway. I guess. Anyway. Uh, then, yeah, I, well, oh, actually, I forgot something, speaking of librarians. A uh, new season of Librarians has started. Yeah. So I'm watching that. That's still really good. Still a whole hell of a lot of fun. Something weird's going on with uh, the fighty librarian. I can't remember his name. Was it Jacob Stone? Stone? I think yeah, it was so Stone, Stone. He now has a like superpower punch or something. I don't think it's John. Is it not John? I was thinking of Jones, Ezekiel Jones. Yeah, I think it's Jacob Stone. Yep, Jacob Stone. Sick. Yeah, he he now has like a fucking superhuman punch or something. Because he started turning his fist when he punched. He learned magic. We'll see where that goes. Anywho, that does for news. On to new releases. So for this week... Uh, nothing's really coming out on Friday, but on Wednesday, because that's the Wait, time movies come out, out now. On Thursday. Uh, isn't Moana coming out this week? That's today. Yeah, Moana oh, comes out today. on Moana coming out on Wednesday. Fucking Moana! I'm just getting good reception. That. Yeah. Uh, also coming out Wednesday. Uh. Bad Santa 2, which is not getting good reception. No, it's not. Game Man does oh. not like the first one. Okay. Also... I do. Also, rules don't apply. Yeah, I only just started hearing about that. 
It's about Howard Hughes, I think. That was what I guessed from the trailers. And Allied. We got Allied. Okay. Which I didn't think looked all that interesting, but it was getting a decent number of commercials and stuff. Actually, the one that I really want to see is uh, Lovely. Or Loving. That's what it is, Loving. Actually, now that I look at it, there's a actual ad on the edge of my browser for Loving. Now playing in select theaters. <laughs> Yay. Okay, then. And then next week... We got a movie called Hacker or Anonymous, depending on which poster you look at. Okay. I don't know. It's some fucking bullshit. Uh, and uh, Jackie. Movie about Jackie Kennedy, I think. Uh, that would be my guess. Best guess I can make. And a movie starring Taylor Lautner. Oh, what about the other one that you see there? Uh, starring two, two of everybody's favorite actors. Shia LaBeouf and Jai Courtney. <laughs> Who the hell's Jai Courtney? Boomerang. Ah! Yeah. The fucking... I was like, what's man down? I'm looking up, I'm like... Oh my god, Dead Man will be so happy. Yeah, who isn't fucking super looking forward to a dramatic military movie starring fucking Shia LaBeef and the least interesting man in the world. Also, Gary Oldman. I look forward to a later interview where he says that movie was a fucking pile of horse shit. Like most of his movies. He doesn't always drink water, but when he does, he makes sure that it's extra bland. He is the least interesting man in the world. And he's coming to kick your ass. (laughs) With pacifism. Jai Courtney is coming for you. You don't really remember the movies he's in, so don't worry about it. Also something came out called Siren. Is it loud and annoying? Uh, it's a horror movie, so maybe. It clocks in at a whopping 83 minutes. Ooh, that's always a good sign. <laughs> and based on this one image from Movie Phone, stars an off-brand Timothy Oliphant. That's inspiring. You want to hear the synopsis? No. Okay, then. One week before his wedding day, Jonah and his groomsmen hit the town for a wild night of club hopping and debauchery. The night soon takes a twisted turn for the worse when the group is invited to a seedy underground club. After Jonah frees a seemingly imprisoned dancer, he realizes that the woman he released is actually a terrifying, legendary creature that will stop at nothing to claim her prey. Ah, so it's a Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them (laughs) tie-in. I was guessing it was the new Hangover sequel. Uh, this this synopsis sounds like a segment in a VHS sequel. 
And that's going to do it for this week. Thank y'all for joining us. I'm going to go make pancakes. Uh, I'm going to go watch the librarians and make dinner. Oh, I'm sorry, do I have to say something I'm going to go do now? Yes. Okay. I'll probably be watching The Wire and also making dinner. And Shock of all shocks, I didn't have a punch. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye.